This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Happy game day, everybody, and welcome in to TIAA Bankfield. We are at the Party Shacks, and there's a party that's going to happen tonight here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's called the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What kind of party will it be? Well, it hasn't been pretty for the home team the last several seasons against these Titans. Blown out a couple of times, embarrassed. Losers are four in a row, five out of six. It's been 999 days since the Jacksonville Jaguars have beaten the Tennessee Titans. But who's counting? Which is a ridiculous statement, by the way, that came from Stuart Weber. I think he counted. He even gave me the seconds, and I don't even know that. That makes sense. It's like billions or millions or something. Yeah. But isn't that kind of ridiculous? This Tennessee Titans team has been average as the day is long. It's not like they've been a lead. It's not like we're talking about the New England Patriots or now the Kansas City Chiefs or the old Seattle Seahawks. Why the heck can't the Jaguars beat the Titans? That's a big topic today. And, oh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey continues to be a topic, the latest in that situation. And, Austin Lane, you may have called it all along, right? I mean, as we start to put the puzzle pieces together, it goes back to maybe Tom Coughlin, maybe this front office, maybe not just an isolated incident on Sunday with Doug Marone, which we never really said, hey, this is all about the one incident. Mm -hmm. But if it goes back a little bit, does Jalen have a point? Maurice Jones-Drew came on yesterday, said, hey, this isn't even about his contract necessarily. It's about what they've spent money on over the last couple of years since he's been here, yet they're not spending on Yannick Ngakwe, and they're not spending on Jalen Ramsey just yet. So you add all the puzzle pieces together, this picture becomes more clear. And I want to be clear, that doesn't mean Jalen Ramsey is right. It means he might have a point, but his way of doing things might not be right. We'll talk all about that. But it's a game day, man. We finally yeah. can talk about Jags and Titans. For sure. Which we haven't done at all this week. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we talk Jags and Titans, Brent, this is my kind of game, right? This is all about mentality, physicality. Uh, if you're a, if you're a, an average fan that's not really a fan of any of these teams, maybe tonight's not going to be the night to watch this game. Uh, maybe dance with the stars on or something like that. <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously all the Jaguars fans out there will, will be tuning into this game. And listen, we've talked about it a little bit where Tennessee, you know, they're they're, they're trying to campaign for Mariota. It's almost like when we had Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, where it was like you know there was a side that wanted Blake Bortles, there was a side that wanted Blake Bortles to go someplace else. And I think right now in Tennessee, you're starting to get the same thing. There's a there's a, a half of the fan base that is a you know like a Mariota believer, and the other half, uh, the, you know, they're ready to say bye to him. So uh, you've been kind of seeing this year. They're trying to get Mariota, Marcus Mariota more involved in the offense as opposed to just running the ball all the time. That's a really good point. But when you're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brent, in this series, uh, you have to do with what got you the wins in the first place with the Tennessee Titans, and that's running the ball. So I don't expect to see a lot of passes tonight if they want to win. I expect them to pound the rock with Derrick Henry and do with what got them the wins in the first place. What's hurt the Jags over the years, you know, Derrick Henry is the headliner because of the 99-yard run, that unbelievable game last year. It was tremendous for the young man from Uli. Young man, not anymore. Yeah. He used to be a young man. I feel like I've covered him since he was in ninth grade, so I feel like he's always a young man. Well, and but, I feel uh, like he's, he's always kind of looked like a grown well, man. Well, he has but, looked yeah. like a grown man, yeah. yeah. I don't think, actually, I might be the first person to ever call him a young man. Yeah. Uh, How so, dare you? <laughs> he is a full-blown grown man, and he looked like it last year in prime time in Nashville. That was one of the most embarrassing settings ever for the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially that 99-yard run. But it's really been Mariota's legs that have hurt the Jaguars in the past. Mariota you can contain. Mariota, I think, is very unimpressive. But on a third and four, Mariota gets very difficult because he can escape the pocket and go. So 
that is something to keep an eye on, uh, like you mentioned. And, and while it will be a trench game, Mariota can be an X factor in that regard. I like what you said about the Blake Bortles deal, because you're right about that. I've never been a Mariota believer. Really haven't. I don't think he's that good. But he does make some clutch plays at clutch times, which kind of elevates his status. The difference between the Bortles situation here in Jacksonville and now the Tennessee situation where Mariota's job could be on the line, or at least his career in Tennessee could be on the line this year, is the fact that they have a capable quarterback behind in Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill's not great, no great shakes, but at least he's played a lot of football, and people would consider him at least a threat to Mariota. The thing that bothered people here in Jacksonville is Bortles never really had a threat behind him. Once he got the job, Chad Henney was here. He was the backup, no doubt about it. Then they brought in some young guys, no doubt about it. Nobody was pushing Blake Bortles. So at least Tennessee has that. And so for the debate that rages in Nashville and around the NFL, is Marcus Mariota going to be able to get it done? He's got a little competition in that QB room. He does. And the difference between Marcus Mariota and that situation in Tennessee right now and the Blake Bortles that you know people had in Jacksonville was the fact that there wasn't really an excuses for Blake Bortles. What you saw on the field is what you got. With Marcus Mariota, there's a fan base that there's kind of a belief. Like, like I said, about half the fans, I feel like, believe that that's a result of the injuries. You know, I mean, the, the guy's been hurt a lot. He's taken a lot of hits, and his poor play has been a result of the injuries. Well, this year, as far as I, as far as I know, he's pretty healthy. So uh, I think this is going to be the make-or-break year for Tennessee. And it's like I said, if you watch the first couple games, they're trying to get him more involved in the offense. Well, listen, uh, if you are watching us on the video stream, you might see the camera move a little bit. If you're listening to us on ESPN 690 AM in your car or ESPN690.com or any of the, the apps, uh, the TuneIn app, and you know, everywhere you can listen to us, you can either in the video see the camera moving a little bit or you can hear the wind blowing. It'll be interesting to see the weather if it's a factor because it's a lot more windy here than I anticipated it being. There's even some rain clouds in the area. It's a beautiful day temperature-wise. I mean, yeah. this is nothing like the home opener, and it's going to be <laughs> gorgeous tonight from a temperature standpoint. But I want to check in with Mike Burge. I'm going to text him a little bit. I wonder if this wind will hold up and stay up because if it's like this inside the state, now we're outside, so you're a little bit more confined in there inside TIAA. But I would imagine that could impact the kicking game a little bit and might even impact the long game in terms of the passing game for Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota. I mean, it's very breezy out here right now, but yeah. it, we're, we're hours away from kickoff. Just something notable that I didn't even consider. And that's something we'll get into a little bit later on the show as well when we're talking about how the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans. Do you know, do they go toe-to-toe and just you know give the ball to Fournette 40 times and say, go have fun? Or do you mix it up a little bit with what we've seen so far, even with the rookie quarterback, you know, in that John D. Filippo offense who likes to spread the ball around, whether it's his tight ends, whether it's his running backs, whether it's his wide receivers. He likes to spread the ball around. And I think you have a Tennessee Titans team here, and I get it. You know, they, they went to Cleveland. Cleveland's a pretty dynamic team. They have a good running game, and they have good wide receivers. So far, we haven't really seen, uh, you know, Cleveland's full potential yet, and the Tennessee Titans shut them down the first uh, week of the season. But I'm curious to see if we see a little more play action tonight than we're accustomed to seeing, if they set up the Titans a little bit and to take some deep shots. Hey, let's go real quick. Isn't this simply a trench game? I mean, I know you like the trench game. I'm yeah. just saying from a Jag standpoint, it's simply a trench game because their offensive line has to do better. And I'm not even sure it has to do better. Well, it does have to do better blocking. But yeah. pass protection hasn't been awful. I know it was a bad moment for Will Richardson Jr. against Whitney Merciless. But listen, bottom line is you're going to give up some sacks. That was ill-timed. It hurt you big time because it was a fumble and led to a touchdown. But you will give up some sacks in the course of the year. I think overall in the first two games, their pass protection has been okay. I don't feel like their quarterbacks have been under duress nonstop. The run game has not really been, wasn't evident last week. It was a little bit more evident the week prior against Kansas City. And then on the other side is really what concerns me, Austin. Because yeah. Houston pushed around this Jaguars front. Now, Yannick Ngakwe comes back. 
is Calais Campbell feeling okay? Is Marcel Darius okay? They have to figure things out because this is a Tennessee team that likes to punch you in the mouth for four quarters, and that concerns me a little bit on the interior with the Jaguars' front, not from a pass rush standpoint, but from a running game standpoint. So from the standpoint of we assume Yannick Ngakwe is going to play and we yeah. assume that he's going to be healthy enough to perform to the, you know, the best of his abilities or at least close to it. So this is actually the first time we get to see the Jaguars' defensive line as it was in training camp. Yeah. You know, all the starters are back. Marcel Darius is back. And this is one of those games, especially on defense, Brent, especially in the trenches, uh, whether it's stopping the run or the pass, this is uh, th- this is all about mentality, right? Like, if, if I'm Todd Wash right now and I'm talking to the defensive line, I don't have to get cute. If it's third and long, I'm not going to run up a, a bunch of stunts and things like that. I'm going to say, all right, four pass rushers, you know, you beat their four tackles or you, you beat their four offensive linemen because you can't. You know, their best player or the best offensive lineman, Taylor Luan, is out for this game. I think uh, one of their guards is also out with an injury. So you have a very depleted offensive line right now that is just ripe for the picking. And you saw it a little bit in Houston with the pass game, right? Like you, you saw him start to get to the quarterback a little bit. But that, I think that was more off blitzes. I mean, and that's what I said after my observation. Yeah, the, what made me the, the most nervous about that Houston game is, yes, the defense performed well. But if you go back and watch it, when they're just rushing four, they weren't really getting to the quarterback, yeah. and that makes me nervous from the standpoint of you have the pass rushers to do it. You have Calais Campbell. You have you know you have Darius. You have Josh Allen, who kind of showed out a little bit in the preseason, even for being a rookie. So when we're talking about all those things put together, yeah, you have all the pieces to do it, but now it's just the mentality, and that's where coaching comes into play. Like Todd Wash can only do so much, right? Todd Wash can be get on the board and be like, all right, you play this gap, you play this gap, you play this gap. But the thing with this game, more than any other game on the schedule this year, it's you got to bring your lunch pail. you got to bring an extra chin strap, and you have to get ready to go. I don't know if it's an excuse. It's just reality. Reality is I think Calais Campbell's banged up right now. Reality is Marcel Darius is a little banged up right now with that elbow, what, however significant it is. He missed the second half of August, pretty much, and missed the first game. So it was significant enough. They have a rookie in Josh Allen who's still learning. He was dominant in August, but the regular season's a different animal. And then they did not have Yannick Ngakwe last week. So we'll see if that makes a difference, and I think it will. And for the first time, we get to see, will they do some different things, right, Mm -hmm. from a defensive scheme standpoint. Now, Titans are a team that you might not mix up too much because they're not going to throw it that much. Exactly, and that's kind of the thing, right? Like. Yeah, I, I talked about when they play the Kansas City Chiefs. You want to throw all these new things out there. You want, you want to confuse Patrick Mahomes. Well, you don't need to do that with the Tennessee Titans because they're pretty generic with what they do. You know, I mean, they have Delaney Walker. They're going to get him the ball. And, and don't make no mistake about it. I understand Delaney Walker's getting up there in age, but that guy can still ball. And that's a guy that you got a game plan around. I mean, if, if, if I'm Todd Wash, if I'm that defensive staff right now and I'm trying to, you know, pick out the game, guys that could wreck the game for you, I'm taking Derrick Henry number one, obviously, but I think uh, I think Delaney Walker is the number two. So you got him. You got to be careful of too. And it's like I said, Brent. This is more mentality than anything. Like you don't have to have all these exotic blitzes because once you start doing those, if you get out of gap and everything, that's where Marcus Mariota can hurt you. Because unlike Patrick Mahomes, where Mahomes is always going to look to pass first before he runs, Mariota's had the instinct, at least in the past, where if things get kind of you know corrupted and everything, and if the pocket gets collapsed. It's his first instinct to run. So that's the last thing you want him to do. Well, congratulations to us. We just made it about 10 or 12 minutes, and we have not talked Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, We mentioned his name once, but we have not talked about the latest. What's going on? What are the reports out there? What are people's opinions? How is this... How is this going to shake out? Is this his final game in a Jaguars uniform? He's played all 50 games in his career in a Jags uniform. 51 tonight. Is it 51 and final? 
I still don't necessarily believe it is. That doesn't mean I don't believe he's going to be here for uh, or gone at all. I just don't know if this is his last game. Could be his last game in Jacksonville, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Jalen Ramsey, the latest, and how much of this is the front office. Tom Coughlin, we said all week, or a lot of folks did, is it Doug Marone against Jalen Ramsey? Is it Tom Coughlin against Jalen Ramsey? Shad Khan has some important decisions to make, perhaps. I want to take it through his point of view as well, coming up on ESPN 690. All afternoon long here at TIAA Bank, Jags and Titans, Thursday Night Football. And we're live from the stadium here on Action Sports Chats. In the last hour and a half that I've been on the air doing this show, I got texts from two people close to the situation. They said it ain't about Doug Marone at all. It's about Tom Coughlin. Jalen Ramsey is completely done with that man. He does not want to be in Jacksonville under Tom Coughlin's stewardship. He wants no parts of it. They, They said that Doug Marone is just, it's residue from the fact that he obviously has to answer to Coughlin. Coughlin has him in that position. But it's definitely Coughlin that Jalen Ramsey has a problem with. He don't want to be there with that man. Well, that's Stephen A. Smith earlier today on First Take. And, of course, you can hear Stephen A. Smith uh, every day, 1 to 3, here on ESPN 690 as we get some sprinkles of rain now in uh, Jacksonville at TIAA Bank. And the Jags and Titans play in just uh, about a handful of hours on the NFL Network, Thursday Night Football in primetime, national television. And let's hope they perform better than they have at other times in front of the nationally televised audience. The Jags need a big performance here tonight, no doubt about it. But the cloud is not just dropping rain over TIAA Bank. The cloud is Jalen Ramsey (laughs) and what is going on with the best player on this football team and one of the best players this franchise maybe has ever drafted and what's his future in Jacksonville. And interesting enough is he's playing tonight, right? That's a starting point. We told you that yesterday. We found that out yesterday. And for me, as long as he doesn't show up on the inactive list, which comes out about 90 minutes before the game, and that will be relatively about 6.50, I guess, 6.45, 6.50 tonight. If he does not show up on the inactive list, that means I don't think anything is imminent for him to be traded away in the next day or so. Now, the Jags want to win the football game, so they want to get as much out of his services. But it also, if they have a really good offer on the table, it doesn't make sense to risk injury or risk anything else unless they already have a handshake agreement where he's coming over no matter what, which Mm -hmm. I doubt that's the case. So I think the inactive list will be an interesting one to watch today. I fully expect him to play. They've told us he's going to play. He wants to play. So Jalen Ramsey's playing against the Titans. But what happens in the next few hours if a deal is starting to be reached with another team? And, well, then I think the Jags could inactivate him for this football game. So it's going to be interesting to watch that play out. And the way I read into it, if he's playing this football game, there's nothing imminent. And what I've said all along, I'd be surprised if he's gone by Friday, gone by Saturday. I think this is going to take more time than people think. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Let me ask you this question first before I go on a little bit of a rant. What would you give up for Jalen Ramsey? So, so say you're, you know, you're interested in Jalen Ramsey, or say you're even the, the Jags uh, front office, and you want to let him go. What are you willing to part with to get Jalen Ramsey? Well, or, I, if I, you're the Jaguars, let him go. I, I don't, I don't want to talk other players involved because I don't know 
you have to give me a pretty darn good football player. And then what else comes into play there? If you give me a situation, you'd have to be like, okay, well, where's his contract status? And is he due or is this a rental or yeah. what's it mean? So I think it's just Blake. Yeah, I like what they've said. And if that's really the report and, and that's what I've heard too, is that they're looking for two first round picks. I think that's about adequate. Now, would you slip and say, hey, I really want to get rid of him. He really wants out of here. Unhappy players don't work. Uh, if a first and a second. I guess I wouldn't be totally mad at that, although I think it depends on who you're dealing with. Because if it's the Kansas City Chiefs, then they're going to be picking like 28th. Like, that's not a yeah. first round. That's like a late first round pick. That's a Taven Bryan territory kind of pick. I want a, a team that's probably going to be in the top 15 to get a ton of value for Jalen. You have to get a ton of value. And, and by the way, you asked me this question what would it, you have to give up? I don't want him to trade Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later from a Shad Khan perspective, and I want to reiterate a couple of things, but also add a couple of things from a Shad Khan perspective, because I think that's where this should come from. I think this is Shad Khan's call, not Tom Coughlin, not Dave Caldwell, not Doug Marone. I think Shad Khan really has to step in on this, but I'll talk about that part later on. Okay, so my point is, if you're a team trying to trade for Jalen Ramsey, I think you have to give up at least two first-round draft picks, at least. And maybe more, because you saw what Tunzel got in Houston, you know? But you're not getting that. Here's what I was told. I'm just going to tell you that. Okay, hit me with it. Here's what I was told. And uh, by, I think, pretty reliable folks. Okay. That I said, wouldn't that make sense? He's a way better player than Laramie Tunzel. Well, the value of that position at left tackle is such that you're going to get more out of that left tackle most likely than cornerback in general. Even though, Even though Ramsey at his position is better than Tunzel at his position. And I think there's one other caveat here. Everybody and their brother thought Bill O'Brien was nuts to do that. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that the rea- reaction? Yep. So it almost was like it, it, it. it's not necessarily the going price is the two firsts in a second. It was like somebody, the went market, off the, somebody went off the reservation well, to go give that cool, price. Cool, but now that, that's the market. That's like paying C.J. Mosley all that money and saying, well, maybe the Jets overspent on him. Doesn't matter. Now, if you're a middle linebacker in the NFL, you point to C.J. Mosley and go, "Well, that's what he got paid." You so, do, but there have been uh, uh, Wagner's been signed, uh, Jack has been signed, yeah. uh, Deion Jones has been signed. There's been other linebackers, and nobody's reached that. So you know what I mean? Well, but, it's kind yeah, of but off the reservation. To be fair, and, and with all due respect to Miles Jack, I don't think he's up to C.J. Mosley's level quite yet. I'm saying once no, you have that middle enough. linebacker, that's like you know the the the, the lead of the lead. We'll see what kind of money they ask for. But I think it's like buying and selling your house, right? Yeah. I mean, someday you're going to get somebody who paid $50,000 more for some crazy reason. Well, yeah. it's not really a true comp. And well, I, I think the Laramie Tunsil deal falls there. I think so, that was a weird situation. Okay. Regardless of that, I think, me personally, I think you have to give up a lot to get Jalen Ramsey. And I agree with you. We're in week three of the NFL right now. So, to me, the only teams that would give up a lot for Jalen Ramsey are the teams that know that they're going to the Super Bowl. You know, or at least are prepared to go to the Super Bowl, like the Chiefs, like the Patriots, uh, maybe like the Rams. The Saints kind of took a hit now. But m- my point is this. It's like you can't be a mediocre team right now. You, you can't be a team that's 1-1 one and one or 0-2 oh and, and maybe not off to the best of you know the, the start of the season because you have to see how it's going to play out. You, you don't have enough to go off of right now what kind of team you have if you're to trade right now. Because if you trade for Jalen Ramsey, say you – give away maybe a first-rounder and a third-rounder, whatever it is, or two first-rounders like I think you should get. Say you give up those things, and, and, and you're a below-average, mediocre team. Well, you still got to build off that, and you have to build through the draft. Well, if you give away all your draft picks, you're not going to have a team. You, you're not going to have a good team to put on the field. So my point is I feel like the only teams that are in contention right now, I'm not to say in the next couple weeks, but I'm saying right now, to get Jalen Ramsey 
are the teams that want to go to the Super Bowl this year. And, and that's it. Not teams trying to rebuild. Absolutely. Now, maybe in five or six weeks when you know more GMs kind of know what kind of teams they have, whether they're going to be competitive or not competitive, that'll change the market a little bit. But right now, listen, I hear all these teams are calling about Jalen Ramsey. You know, I guess Who every, wouldn't call? Every team in the league. Well, every team's curious, right? Yeah. Like, you, you want to you, you put your nose in there a little bit and see what's going on. Try to dip those toes in the pool a little bit. I get that. But if, if I'm a mediocre team right now, I'm not getting Jalen Ramsey until I know what kind of team I have. That's the team I go to Super Bowl because you have to give up so much to get Jalen Ramsey. Well, hey, uh, I want you to go into your rant, and we got to get to Tom that Coughlin and Jalen Ramsey in just a moment. <laughs> yeah. But I want to give away four tickets to tonight's game. We have four tickets that we are able to give away, Sweet. and we can email them to you. So you don't have to go pick them up at the station or anything like that. So uh, how do we want to do it? Let's see. What Gardner Minshew's 15. That's probably too high, right? Too high. We'll be, keep Kuz a little... Too busy. Oh, uh, but it, I mean, yeah, you stress him out a little bit. Um, uh, what do you What do you think? What do you, What number do you like, Jalen? Twenty. Gotta go twenty. What? No. That's a little worse. Caller number you. two. That's not enough. Yeah. How about this? We always go back. This isn't Blake Bortles related. All right. But he's played fifty games in a Jaguars uniform. Jalen okay. Ramsey has. Mm-hmm. He was also the fifth overall pick in the two thousand and sixteen draft. Yeah. So let's go, caller number five. Okay. All right. I, I, you may have just drinks the team for tonight, but okay. Sounds star, good. Star Star 690 is the number. Caller number five. Four tickets to tonight's game. Get Coos busy. 904-362-9901. Another way to get in. 904-362-9901. Or uh, how about uh, Star Star 690? I was interrupted a little bit because somebody just put a comment on Periscope. Said, Austin, I saw you at Chick-fil-A today. I wasn't there. Hmm. That wasn't me. That wasn't him. That wasn't Sorry. me, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I didn't eat Chick-fil-A today. That's disappointing. Might have been Jared Odrick. Because I was hoping that you would have brought me some. No, uh, maybe perhaps. Jared Odrick's going out his hair again. All right. Tom Coughlin. What's up? Yep. Jalen Ramsey. Stephen A. Smith said it this morning. Um, not hard to believe. Uh, I think that's reasonable given all the people we have talked to this week. And, by the way, I want to give you some credit here. Not that it, you don't get any points for this. You don't get a raise or anything. Oh, but you well, brought this no up. Sense in doing you, it. <laughs> you brought it up Monday before Ramsey even requested the trade yeah. that the whole sideline stuff had to – all this was blowing up and having to do with back in the spring at the state of the franchise when Tom Coughlin said, I want 100% – participation, commitment, and he was talking about two guys, Jalen Ramsey who wasn't there, Telvin Smith who wasn't there. Yeah. Well, look what happened. Telvin Smith said, I'm not playing in 2019. Jalen Ramsey, now months later, asked for a trade. I think you were on to something, and I want you to talk a little bit more about it. And how can it be resolved, if at all? See, what everybody wants to do is say, all right, Jalen, then you're gone. All right, Tom, mm. get out of here. You're old. You're not doing anything anymore. It was great the first time around, but now you got to get out. Does it have to be all or nothing in this situation? Because remember, Maurice Jones-Drew said he thinks it could get resolved. Your rant right after this, Tom Coughlin versus Jalen Ramsey. Is that the way this thing should be presented? Coming up on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the stadium, Jags and Titans, Thursday Night Football. We're here with you until 6 o'clock on Action Sports Jacks. The team is Miles Jacks. But if you play like those guys, guess what? I have no problem getting this thing done. What, what is the number one goal at the end of the day? Winning a championship. If I can get more guys to play like those guys and play at a high, consistent level, the better chance I have winning, the better chance that for me, I'll be able to pick. I mean, look at the Cowboys, what they did with Ezekiel Elliott. He had two years left on his deal. But you know what? Jerry, as much as the holdout was and how they were going back and forth, Jerry understood that in order for us to win, 21 has to be in the backfield. 
Well, that's Maurice Jones-Drew yesterday on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We also had him last night on Jaguars All Access at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Uh, that show on Fox 30 on Thursdays, usually at 7 o'clock. Yesterday, because of this game, uh, we moved it to a Wednesday show over there in Avondale. Maurice was great all day long. He'll be here oh, today yeah. talking on NFL Network. But uh, I know a lot of people enjoyed that interview from Maurice Jones-Drew. And I thought from in a lot of different ways, he nailed it. He nailed it from the player's perspective. you gotta, you got to remember, folks. We're ta- trying to give you both sides of this thing. And I don't really think it's about taking sides as much as presenting the sides. And then you can make your decision. Just because, like Maurice Jones-Drew, I thought, presented Jalen Ramsey's side of it perfectly. Why? Well, because he's been in the situation a little bit before. He was here. He even said he asked for a trade while he was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Although under different circumstances, still, he's been here. He's lived it. He's done it. He knows this organization very well, even if some of the people have changed. But that's Jalen's side of it. I still think it's debatable whether Jalen went about this the right way. I think even when Maurice Jones-Drew did his holdout, people wondered, did he do it the right way? Should he have shown up for OTAs and then done it going into training camp? The timing of it. So all those things are debatable. When you do it, how you do it, and what it means in in the long run. And I think here's the most important point that we have to get across to our listeners here. If you take all the emotion out of it, right? And like, for instance, yesterday, Randall Howland, you could tell he was a little emotional about Jalen Ramsey. You know, he's not a big Jalen Ramsey fan, and I think you know some of that emotion kind of, you know, made him say some things that maybe were or were not true. I mean, I love Randall Howland to death, man. He's a good dude. I got, I got nothing but love for him. But we have to take emotion out of it, right? And if we take emotion out of it and we just analyze the situation, you're gonna realize that there's there's pros and cons to each side, Brent. Like Jalen Ramsey's not 100 percent right. And Doug Marone, Tom Coughlin, or the front office, they're not 100% right. And they're not 100% wrong either, each side is. You know, so once we kind of, you know, lay it all on the table, you see that it's just more complicated than, oh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey's definitely in the right and, and the front office is in the wrong. I mean, you, you need to point the finger at somebody because something's happening. I understand that. But this is more deeper than just... You know, he's right and he's wrong, I think, personally. Yeah, and, and certainly it is. It, there, There's definitely more deeper meaning. I think we've presented a lot of it, though. And so yeah. it gets back to Tom Coughlin, because Stephen A. Smith said today he received a couple of tests, and this is more about Coughlin than Marone. Well, uh, sorry to beat you to the punch, but you, actually, who do punch <laughs> for a living, yeah. actually kind of said this earlier in the week, and shame on me, I probably ignored it or didn't bring, get, bring, give it enough thought or enough credit as we're debating this thing nonstop over the last three days. Yeah. But just to present your case, you said it Monday. That was before the trade request even happened. Your thoughts came from the sideline outburst, yeah. and then you added to it, of course, with Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey, the two guys that Tom Coughlin pointed out in the spring at the State of the Franchise for not being there for OTAs because they wanted 100% participation. Well, at the end of the day, Delvin Smith not playing in 2019. Jalen Ramsey now requesting a trade. Tell us about that dynamic from a player's standpoint, what they might be thinking, and how offended you might get, not only from that. There has to be more to it than that, but that could have been a turning point. So... Stephen A. Smith can have this one. All right, I'm going to let him have it, Brent. <laughs> but I'll be honest, though, when it comes to talking MMA, I do it better than he does. Because I've seen him talk MMA before. Nothing against Stephen A. Smith. Uh, but one day, maybe I'll come for your job. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're talking about Tom Coughlin. The reason I, I brought it up on Monday, and, Brent, to be fair, like, we didn't know we are going to be here now talk about Jalen Ramsey possibly getting traded away, possibly, you know, some team, you know, some of, some of the younger players maybe not happy with how the front office is being handled and all that stuff. So we didn't know we were going to be here right now. So when I brought up Tom Coughlin, 
we kind of just glanced over because we didn't know the circumstances that were ahead of us. Well, so we were talking more in the context of discipline. Exactly. Well, they hand Jalen Ramsey some discipline coming yeah. off the outburst on Monday and the touching of the coach, yeah. Doug Marone, on Sunday in Houston. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, and I've said it before on the show, Brent. When you win, it's the perfect prescription for uh, controversy. It's the perfect prescription for distractions. When you win... All the all the bad stuff in a locker room, all the you know maybe gripes that you may have with somebody, those all go away because you're winning. So we saw that happen in 2017, right? And you can call it a hunch, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but even then, when they were winning, going to the AFC Championship game, I kind of had a gut feeling that some of the players, even though they're winning, you know, even though they were succeeding, still weren't happy with how the new regime. More specifically, Tom Coughlin was approaching things, right? Because they're used to doing things a certain way, whether it was with Gus Bradley, who, let's be honest, when, when he was here, it was laid back. Um, it was the player, you know, the players come first, the players coach kind of thing. Always had the player's side. Well, when Coughlin came in, that was a complete 180. And I think you saw that come to a head even as soon as last year. Because you think about it, and you can think about your kids, think about whatever you want, but like, if you tell your kids something, like, for instance, say your kids listen to some music that you don't want them to listen to. You say, turn that music off, I don't like it. What's that kid going to do in his room? He's going to crank that music even louder. He's going to rebel against it. I think what we saw last year a little bit with the stuff on the sidelines, with Leonard Fournette punching somebody from the Buffalo Bills, with TJ Yeldon being fed up on the sidelines, I mean, we saw this all snowball, whether it was Jalen Ramsey being fed up with the media. We saw these instances that we didn't really see in 2017. But when they started losing, you started seeing them come to a head. And you maybe saw guys react that you didn't really, you know, think of that how they would react like that, or they're, you know, they're kind of out of character. Well, I think some of that stuff was out of character because they were rebelling against how the organization was handling things, and more specifically, Tom Coughlin. And you got to keep in mind too, we can blame Doug Marone as well. I mean, if you want to go ahead, and I was pretty critical of Doug Marone, um, saying that he maybe lost Jalen Ramsey's trust a little bit. But to be fair with Doug Marone. Doug Marone's done everything in his power that he can to have the players back. He's eased up the reins in training camp. He's took grenade after grenade after grenade in the press conferences saying, hey, it starts with me. It yep. starts with me. It starts with me. So all things Hasn't considered. Thrown one player under the bus, including Randy never, yesterday. Never threw a player underneath the bus. Yeah, even when a player goes at him, didn't throw him underneath the bus at all. You know, Now, didn't communicate with him at the same time, but it is what it is right there. But all indications prove that Doug Marone has done all that he can in his power to have the players back. And then we hear from Stephen A. Smith today that the problem is Tom Coughlin. Well, then it's pretty simple, Brent. You know, and I think, and Brent, I remember being at the at the ice arena. We're we're there for the for the Iceman playoff game, and it's right after Coughlin called out Talvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey. Yep. And what did I say? I said, you cannot do that. You can't call out your star player because no other team in the NFL would just call out their star player. Now, Antonio Brown, yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he wasn't there anymore. But I'm saying you just can't call out your star player like that. And you have a guy like Telvin Smith, and listen, it doesn't matter why Telvin Smith left the game. I've said this before. But at the same time, I've talked to Telvin Smith twice on two occasions. The last time was at Puzz's uh, retirement ceremony. Went up to him a little bit, just you know, just talk shop with him. That would have been a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. And believe me when I say this, there is no one more passionate about the game of football that I've come across than Telvin Smith. Like, I just came to say what's up to him. He's like, man, I'm excited for this year, dude. I'm like, hey, that's really cool. I wasn't asking about football, but let's go and talk some football, Telvin. You know, like, he's that passionate about football. 
So for a guy, and once again, whatever the reason, but for a guy just to walk away from the game that he loves, and it's apparent, you know, it's palpable how much that guy loves football. It's contagious. To just walk away from the game, it really makes you wonder if there's more at stake than maybe he just fell in love with all the, you know, maybe it's something mental, or maybe it's something in that stadium. And maybe it's something more than, you know, maybe Doug Marone. Maybe it's a Tom Coughlin thing. Well, now we have Jalen Ramsey come out, too, and I'm just saying, it's a co- it might be coincidence, or it might be, you know, look through the tea leaves a little bit and say... Well, it's notable at, it's at notable. the very least. Well, the, the, the two guys that Coughlin called out, one of them's not here anymore, and the other wants to be traded. Makes you wonder. Yeah, and let's go back to 2017 real quick on a couple of fronts, because yeah. even when they won, I can tell you this, there were probably things that did happen in that locker room, but like you said at the outset of this, you brush over it. Yeah. Because you're winning football games. Like I said last week, there might have been a hug between Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey if they make the two-point conversion. Sure. The other part of this, and I can tell you this, and it's not fact, but it's pretty darn close. They were not happy coming out of that training camp. If they don't beat Houston week one in 2017, yeah. who knows where that season goes? It could, I think it was an all-or-nothing deal in 2017. And when they won that game, and then even when they came home and lost, but then go back, go to Buffalo, uh, go to London and win big... There was this, okay, all right, it was worth it. We're winning football games. Yeah. We haven't won football games in a long time. We're 2-1, and one, or we're 1-0, or look at that performance against Houston. You don't do that by mistake. So there, there is that element, but I'm telling you now, it wasn't too far away from you losing Houston that game, yeah. and oh boy, the, well, the you-know-what could hit the fan in year number one under Doug Marone, and it could have been a whole different way. That's Now, that's a little bit Tom Coughlin, and that's that's also leadership sometimes, and especially if you're a disciplinarian, you got to take it up to the edge and know how much you can do that, yeah. and so you have to give him credit for that, but... When things start going wrong, and I think even Doug Marone got a little bit of this in Buffalo, and I'm putting it all on him. I'm just saying he's had this. When things don't go right, it, it snowballs in a hurry. Sure. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit in Jacksonville in the last year and a half, in season, off season, on the field, off the field. And I'm not sure. Are we getting ready to go to break here pretty soon? I think we're going to hang. Okay, okay we're going to hang a little bit. Yeah. So another question we have to ask ourselves here now, too. So Assuming that what Stephen A. Smith has said, and assuming the sources are correct, that Jalen Ramsey isn't happy with Tom Coughlin, I'm here to tell you right now, I 100% guarantee it's not only Jalen Ramsey then. It's not only Jalen no. Ramsey that, that, that's fed up with with this team and how things are being run. Because let, let's just you know, let's look at some of the signs quick. There were guys that were supporting him in, in his press conference. Now, whether that means anything or not, so be it. But when you're the best player on a team, Brent, whether you're a captain or not, if you're the best player on a team you have the luxury of doing some things that maybe some other players can't do. There's a double standard for sure. There's a, there's always a double standard in the NFL with quarterbacks, and there's always a double standard with star players. If you're a star player, if you're Antonio Brown, you can go cause a distraction. You can go to Oakland. You can do all this crazy stuff, and guess what? You can go to the Patriots then. If you're Joe Schmo, maybe a guy just trying to make the roster, you can't do that stuff. You're never going to play again. We'll see you later. Well, the same can be said about Jalen Ramsey, where he has the power to speak out. He has the power to go against the establishment because he's the star player. And any star player on a team, I don't care who it is, Brent. I don't care how much of a distraction they are. I don't care if it was Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. Any star player on the team, he's going to have a following. Whether he wears the C on his chest or not, he's yeah. going to have a following. Oh, because, he has a following. Yeah, because he has to. And I'm not saying a following in the locker room. I'm not talking about like, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the following well, in the locker room. Well, that's why I asked you all yeah. those questions earlier this week about a split locker room. Yeah. I think you could certainly have that here in well, Jacksonville, even this yes. week. And, and here's the issue. Because all, all reports are indicating that you know Jalen Ramsey thinks he's not going to be here in a couple weeks or so. 
if Jalen Ramsey's gone, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of like the voice kind of like the voice of the voiceless for maybe some of the players that aren't the main attraction, some of the players that maybe are on the roster bubble, or maybe some of the players that are just quiet and go unassumed, but are still key components to that team. Well, what do they start doing now if their star, you know, if their if their leader is off that team? I think it, it could snowball uh, into a really bad scene here in Jacksonville if Jalen Ramsey's going to get traded away. I wanted to avoid the commercial break and stay on this for one more moment or two before at four o'clock we'll we'll try to get some thoughts about uh, about the football game and then more Ramsey as we continue. Yeah. And I heard Shad Khan is talking on NFL Network. We'll see if he says anything. So he's doing that this afternoon. It might even be already happening. So we'll we'll get you caught up with everything that happens there. But I did just ask this question. I think it's important to do this. Just because you say, you can have a big uh, portion of the people that say, hey man, we got to keep this guy. I- I'm a believer. you got to try to find a way to keep Jalen Ramsey. But, I also have a part of me that says I've got to be a little careful to make Jalen Ramsey the GM here and the part owner here and make decisions the way he did it. Mm-hmm. And so what I still continue to have a problem with a little bit for Jalen Ramsey is maybe the way he went about this and the timing of this as it starts to rain here at TIA Bank. We're at the Party Shack area, by the way. we got a little cover, but it's raining sideways, of course, <laughs> uh, even though we have some cover. Uh, but hopefully it's just a little squall going by. So I, how much of is he to blame for this this week? Because he didn't do it the right way. See, in my opinion, Austin, and yeah. you, you tell me from a you've been you've been coached up by agents at times. You've talked to agents. You know that world a little better. Mm-hmm. And this is a team type of deal for a player. You, you talk to your agent. You maybe talk to your folks. You talk to whoever's on your team. You say how do we want to go about this. Well, and some of this is calculated. Sure. But he said at the beginning of camp, right out here on these practice fields, and said, "Hey, they told me I'm not getting a contract. I'm not getting a contract." Well, he could have just said, "I'm not showing up then because I want the contract." Ezekiel Elliott did that. Melvin Gordon continues to do that. I don't love the fact that Jalen Ramsey, first of all, had an outburst, touched his coach on Sunday, and it was in the wrong, in my opinion, in putting his hands on his head coach. The outburst is whatever. They're grown men. It happens sometimes. I can. I don't care about that. Then goes and requests a trade on a short week when you're 0-2, and then claims in a press conference that it's all about my teammates and I'm, and, and I'm all about, I love my team and I love Duval and I love this. Yeah. That, that doesn't all add up to me. He He's... His, Timing is not good, in my opinion, on when he did this. And I think he, although you might be on his side, I think you have to at least think about that part of it because yeah. he has a chance to derail this game tonight and possibly derail the season with the timing of when he chose to do this. And that's not a team player type of thing. That's not a team player type of thing, but you kind of mentioned it a little bit. You mentioned his agent, right, has his best interests in mind. Do you know what the agent's job is, Brent? It's to get their client paid. Correct? Absolutely. The agent. I'm not blaming the agent. No, but no, but no. But I'm just telling you though. So the agent does not care about how the team is doing. Now, yes, obviously, if you're an agent, you want to see an NFL team doing good with where your clients are represented because bonuses, um, you know, endorsements, things like that. The the more games that your you know your your clients win, the better it is in the long run. But the, the the primary goal of an agent is to make sure number one that his client's happy, number two that his client gets paid. So, was this calculated? I mean, listen, the 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 whole outburst on the sideline was not calculated. You you can tell that no, came no, no. from you know that was uh that came from direct emotion. But I'm saying how it was handled, you know, with Jalen Ramsey's requesting a trade and things like that. I mean, that that falls directly on his agent, Brent. And maybe his agent's like, you know what, man, this is a mess. Let's get you out of here. Let's get you paid. Let's get you on a winning team, and let's just get out of here. This is too much of a mess right now. And maybe it was more of his agent now. 
regardless of whose you know idea it was or the timing of it, yeah, it's it's not ideal, Brent. It's not ideal um, by any means. But it's like I've talked about in the past. Like players get paid, like whether it's new contracts. The timing may not be ideal either. I mean, Miles Jack got paid. We never, we didn't see that coming, did we? No. We the, the whole time we're talking about Yannick getting paid, it was Miles Jack that got paid, and we didn't see the time frame coming at all. Like, I might. That's the thing about you. Well, yeah, you, you, you called somebody getting paid, just the wrong person. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be me. Yeah, it wasn't going to be me. It wasn't going to be you, man. But uh, somebody got paid. But that's the thing with the NFL that you got to realize, though, is that. Timing, yeah. I mean, timing would be ideal if, you know, Jalen Ramsey maybe came out during training camp or after the season. But when you're dealing with players that want to get paid, players that are fed up, timing is the last thing of their worries, man. And that's just the way it is, you know? I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it, but don't sit here and claim you're all about teammates and teammates and teammates and teammates and all that stuff at at a press conference. Once again, though, man, your your personal well-being and and, and who you feel comes first. Well, then say it's it's all about me. I don't think Deion Sanders ever mentioned his teammates. But, but but it is all. He said right. it was all about him. Yeah. But and, and listen, <laughs> and, and I understand like you want to say it's all about you know the team, the team, and yeah, you can say Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady took a pay cut. Yeah. You know for the team, right? He's up off the team. Well, I'm sure Tom Brady's had some instances too where, and I can't name it off the top of my head, but I'm sure he's had some moments where maybe he had his ego drove driven a little bit too much over the team. You know, like that. That's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like I understand it's team, team, team. But I guarantee you, every single guy in that locker room, Brent, they look out for numero uno first. Absolutely. It's a selfish it's game. It's a selfish yeah. game. Absolutely. And, 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 and Jalen's not the only selfish player. Yeah. It's a selfish game. And you and have to a, take – listen, we've said it a million times. You have to take care of yourself. It's a short window. It's a violent game. Yeah. Uh, I have such an appreciation for that. That's okay. But this had a little bit of a feel. See, in my belief, Jalen was going to get paid. Say this is nothing going on. I think Jalen gets paid in the offseason for the Jags. Big-time money. I do. I know a lot of people didn't think so, but I think he would have. Now – would he have gotten paid if he had held out in August and withheld his services? Eh, maybe he would have. Might have got paid. This one had a feel of, I'm mad at my head coach on the sideline. They didn't throw a challenge flag. I also dropped an interception that I should have had. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. It had a little bit of that feel Sunday into Monday from Jalen Ramsey because of the timing of it. No, I understand that, and that's one thing, Brent. But at the same time, there's more to this than just a spat on the sidelines. Absolutely. There's it more to it than just dropping a ball for a touchdown. Like, there's so much more to it than that. I don't think anybody in the history of the NFL has been cool with their franchise, goes to the sideline, gets in front of their coach, and the next day they're requesting a trade. I mean, there's, there's more to it <laughs> yeah, than yeah. that, you know? So... I understand from your timing aspect of, yeah, maybe the timing's not ideal, but once again, this has been building, building, and building. And maybe it's just finally to the point where it tipped over, and maybe the timing is, is ideal for Jalen Ramsey. Listen, the timing of the NFL, in, in terms of players, will never be ideal. Let's go see Andrew Luck. You know, one of the, you know, I mean, no one's ever had a bad thing to say about Andrew Luck. He's no. been the ultimate teammate, the ultimate nice guy. His timing wasn't ideal either, and, no, it and, and and his timing was a little selfish. Now, granted, it's different because he's worried about his health yeah. and you know in retiring. But Jalen's a little different as well. I just think it's fair to say I want Jalen to stay here. I want them to make it work out. I didn't necessarily agree with how he did this this week at this time. Shad Khan talks on the NFL Network. We'll play it for you right after this on ESPN 690. Uh, this is a team sport, and I think, uh, you know, I am very sensitive to individual needs, but, you know, we have to do the right thing for the team. 
Jaguars owner Shad Khan just moments ago on the NFL Network talking about the Jalen Ramsey situation in about 10 seconds. That was it. It was about three minutes into the interview. It lasted 10 seconds. It was moving on. So uh, might have been some um, words of uh, not much on this topic. I don't know, but that was about it on the topic of Jalen Ramsey. Welcome back, everybody, to Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. On the road here today on a Thursday because Thursday night football, NFL Network in town for that game. will kick at 820. Jalen Ramsey will play in the football game, and we will be inside that stadium on really a very comfortable day here in September in Jacksonville. Windy, a little rain squalls happening uh, this afternoon, but overall tonight should be very comfortable. We're in the party shack area. Yeah. Uh, partying alone right now because this part opens up a lot. Well, that and I'm also o'clock. drinking water, unfortunately. So, Kuz, what I would like you to do, because that was so quick, do you mind playing Shad Khan again on NFL Network just so people can hear it? Uh, and we'll play it a couple times throughout the show. But I want to dissect what he said because that's what we've got. We've got 10 seconds. We have Doug Marone yesterday talking about him and how they met on Tuesday. And then outside of that, Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin have not talked at all. I mean, they really just haven't talked anyway about anything, but they haven't talked about this, no statements, no anything, ever since Jalen Ramsey requested a trade. So this is what we've got. We've got 10 seconds from the owner of the football team on Jalen Ramsey and what's going down this week. Here he is on NFL Network moments ago. Uh, This is a team sport, and I think, uh, you know, I am very sensitive to individual needs, but, you know, we have to do the right thing for the team. Okay, so there's Shad Khan, the right thing for the team, sensitive to individual needs. He's trying to play both sides a little bit there. But this is a Shad, This is a big moment for Shad Khan in a, in a way, I think, as the owner of this football team. It's a very unusual circumstance. He's a smart, smart man. It might man. be the biggest moment right now of his career so he, far. He's, he's a smart Jaguars. man. I mean, yeah. he knows he's dealt with myriad of different situations in his business world and now in sports as an owner uh, with coaches and players and all these different things. But this one's different, and I presented this yesterday to you, Austin, and this is where I think Shad Khan comes into play. Does Jalen Ramsey or any player, forget about, and it's not just Jalen Ramsey, although it's obviously he's top of mind right now, do they have problem with the head coach? Do they have problem how things have been done over these last few years, like Maurice Jones-Drew was talking about, with Brandon Linder and, and Andrew Norwell and Blake Bortles and those guys giving money, while Yannick Ngakwe, who's got 30 sacks and, and is a very talented young player, has outperformed his contract, hasn't been paid yet, even though he's in the final year of his deal right now. Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league, all-pro, two-time pro bowler, all these accolades, really a big brand for your football team. He hasn't been paid yet, and he has to wait until after this season to be paid, even though the team has a lot of control over him from a contractual standpoint. And then there's a third part of this, and I brought this up, and I think it's the most important part, and I think it's probably the reason why Shad Khan needs to step in. And I thought about it a lot today from his perspective. How would you view this situation? Because the brand of Jalen Ramsey, as we continue to set record numbers here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 this week, because of the conversation of Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. it's on NFL Network, it's on Stephen A. Smith's show, First Take, and his radio show. It's all over the place. We know the brand is big, and sometimes in branding you take the good and you take the not so good. Any press is good press, the old adage. But I think the branding is very important. Jalen Ramsey's on that, that sign and that sign. He's on souvenir cups. He's probably he's your best-selling jersey you have, is my guess. I don't know that, but I'm thinking he is. Don't you have to protect that as the owner of the football team? This is a business as well, and he's a huge part of your business on the well, field and off the field. So the business, you know, and generating the revenue, because Shad Khan is a businessman, it has a direct correlation of the talent on the field. 
I'm going to take you back to when Shad Khan first brought the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was in that meeting when he introduced himself to the team. He came in, and immediately we were very intrigued because as most owners, when they come in, you know, they're owners that come from a lot of money, right? They're owners that maybe daddy had a lot of money, it got passed down, and now this old dude is going to tell us what he thinks about those situations. Cool. Can't wait for that. Well, Shad Khan wasn't like that, man. Shad Khan's a self-made dude. Yeah. Uh, Great he's, story. He's a dude who busted his you-know-what to get where he's at. And... You know, and now he's you know he's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Shad Khan comes in, and he makes wing. He he the first thing he says he makes perfectly clear. I'm a businessman first, and I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of football, and I'm gonna hire the people to make sure that we go to a Super Bowl. The, the, that was the very first thing he said. He made it abundantly clear that there will be a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Now, yeah. I think every owner who comes into a team is going to say that. Well, but, just like you answered your combine question, I think everybody's yeah, supposed to start their conversation exactly, like that. Exactly. But what I thought was interesting was this wasn't like a Jerry Jones type. You know, well, there's there's a lot of ego uh, with, I think, GMs and also owners. Any, anybody in a power position, whether it's football or name your job, there's always ego involved. And when you got guys like Jerry Jones and, and you know, other owners who, they're very hands-on, right? They're football guys. They're very hands-on. They're always in the media like Ziku, and all of a sudden, you know, Ziku Elliott signs his next contract. Like, there's always guys that are hands-on in football. Shad Khan isn't one of those guys. Shad Khan understands that maybe he doesn't have, like, the biggest football mind. So in doing so, he puts the people in charge. He brings in the people that can do that for him, that reflect him. Well, let's go back now in the past three seasons of the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they've been so far. 2017, fantastic year. They go to the AFC Championship. Like, that's, you know, that's Shad Khan and the people that he put in charge saying, you know what, we're doing our job. We just missed, we're one play away from going to the Super Bowl. You know, the, the environment is working. The Shad Khan, the people that he put in place, it's working. And the people that I put in place, obviously, who I'm talking about here, Brent, are the GM, mm-hmm. are Tom Coughlin, and Doug Marone. Let's go back to last year now. What happened last year? They started losing some games, and it obviously snowballed out of control. What do you think Shad Khan was thinking up, you know, in, in his box the whole time watching these games, watching his players fight, you know, uh, other you know players on the field, watching players mope in the corner uh, in Houston for the last game of the season? What do you think Shad Khan felt there? Well, he said what he felt, because then after the, the whole year was over, he does this press conference saying, you know, this is not going to be acceptable, we're going to get better, you know, we're not going to have another season yeah. like last Many year. Many people thought they might be fired. Yeah. He had to put a note out there, a statement out there, yeah. and said, hey, we're sticking with these guys. And now, and now we're here, Brent. We're, we're week three. Getting ready to play the Tennessee Titans, an 0-2 team that has some problems in the locker room. If I'm Shad Khan, if I'm a businessman, I have to take a good look at myself and say, the people that I put in charge, because that was my M.O. I'm not taking this thing over because I'm not the, the best football mind. I put people in charge of that. Mm-hmm. So I brought those people on board. I paid them to come on board and get us a Super Bowl. If I'm a businessman right now and I'm looking at my return, I, I see what I invested and now I'm looking at my return, I do not like my returns. So from that standpoint, it's not all bad. I got good news for you. It was seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Now yeah. it's like two point one billion. So well, that's no, but yeah, and, uh, yeah. From from, from from franchise, like you know, and going to London. No, that's all great. But I'm saying from the business, because like he said, Brent, he wants to win a Super Bowl. From that business, from the business of winning a, a championship, from a business of winning a Lombardi Trophy. If you look at your returns right now compared to your investments of what you brought in, you're not getting that return that you want. 
and that starts directly at the top and trickles down to the bottom. Now, I do think in this league, because it's so 500, it's so up and down, six teams make the playoffs one year, they're out of it the next year, I do think that 2017 season should carry weight. And I thought that with Doug Marone and this entire staff coming back this year, when everybody wanted them out, or so many people wanted them out, not everybody, I said, you know what, 2017, it was just two years ago. They did something right. To do something this franchise had only done a couple of times in 25 years, and they helped do it, and they brought that there. So I think that does carry some weight. But now from Shad Khan's perspective, I think he has a very interesting choice to make. Do you let your football people continue to do things? And even though you're not really sure they might even be here in 2020, I think he's put himself in an interesting situation with the hire of Tom Coughlin years ago that he someday might have to fire a legend in Jacksonville and Tom Coughlin and let him go. Nature of the business. I don't know when that is. I don't know if he'll ever have to do it, but he might have to make that decision at some point. Dave Caldwell, that'll be easier. Doug Marone, that'll be easier. But yeah. Tom Coughlin, that guy's name's going to be on the inside of that stadium in the pride of the Jaguars someday. That's a difficult Agreed. thing. Absolutely. And he, and when he made the hire, you knew that he might have to do that at some point. And then there's the Jalen Ramsey part of it. And what he just spoke about, and we'll play it one more time in, in just a couple minutes, Coos, so be ready because I want people to hear it. Uh, it was just a quick 10 seconds about Jalen Ramsey. He was just on the NFL Network. But I think he's wrestling with this. The branding of Jalen Ramsey is massive. The football player that is Jalen Ramsey is one of the best that's ever played here in Jacksonville, hands down. You put those two things together, and man, that is good business. I mean, this guy's jersey selling. Everybody's talking about him. He's great on the field. That's unbelievable. You have to do everything you can in your power to keep him in Jacksonville, in this locker room, playing on that football field. That is ultra important. But then he also has to wrestle with this. And this is the hard part, I think, for Shad Khan. And I don't know if I even know the right answer and what I'd do if I was in this situation because it's challenging. I've kind of said I would do everything I can to keep this guy. But you can't let a football player make ownership and president, vice president football operation kind of decisions. You know what I mean? I mean you don't, I, whether it's perception yeah. or reality, you've got to be a little bit careful on what kind of moves you make and have the football player making those kind of decisions but, because it could trigger a, a, a laundry list of players doing that. Don't you have to be aware of that? You have to be aware of it, but think of it like this, Brent. And listen, I'm, I'm saying that Shaq Khan wants to win a Super Bowl over everything, over how much money he generates. The guy wants to win championships. But let's say that he's a businessman. He still has to make money because this is an investment. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are an investment. Let's, let's be perfectly clear. He let's doesn't be- have to make money. He's got plenty of it. But I think if you're a businessman, though, it's always about making money, dude. That's, you have to have that mindset or else you're not good you at business. You're not good at business. Okay, you don't want to lose money, <laughs> but he wants to make more money as well. So you talk about Jalen Ramsey being this brand name that he doesn't want to lose. Well, why is that? Yes, Jalen Ramsey is a great player, obviously. One of the top, if not the top corner in the entire NFL. To be fair, though, the world didn't know who Jalen Ramsey was until the Jaguars started winning. Jalen Ramsey wasn't getting featured on the covers of GQ articles until the Jaguars started winning. Jalen Ramsey wasn't doing all these interviews and, you know, and, and being talked about around the water cooler until the Jaguars started winning. It's simple. If you want that brand, if, if, you want the, if you want to increase the revenue, if you want all eyes on you, if you want to keep Jalen Ramsey happy and everything like that, you win the ball games. It goes hand in hand, Brent. The, the, the pursuit to a Super Bowl, the pursuit of, you know, getting there, the, the, that whole pursuit, it's a direct correlation 
of the popularity of players. If Shad Khan produces a winner on the field that can go out and go to a Super Bowl, well, guess what? That's good for his players. That's good for the brand. And most importantly, if you are a businessman like that and you're worried about it, that's good for your pockets in terms of generating income and revenue. But if you don't have the direct pieces from the top in place to help you win football games, it's never going to happen. And I understand Jalen Ramsey's a fantastic player. But even Jalen Ramsey's brand's going to hurt a little bit if he's not winning ballgames. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. In your, in your context, and, and this is a, another fantastic question, did they reach the, the almost the mountaintop, didn't get there, and now they're sliding right back down the mountain? It sure looks like that record-wise, right? Yeah. They're 2-12 in, in their last 14, 3-13 in their last 16. It looks like they're sliding back down the mountain, which is very typical of this organization. They almost got there in the late 90s and early 2000s, slid right back down. Almost got there in 2007, slid right back down for a long time. Almost got there in 2017. Here's the slide again. Uh, Alfie brings up a big, uh, an important question here. What if keeping Jalen and firing Tom is best for the team? I want you to answer that. But, Coos, let's send him the break. And ju- if you're just joining us, and we'd love to get your thoughts, by the way, Star Star 690 is the number, uh, or hit us on the social media platforms. Let's send him the break with Shad Khan on the NFL Network on Jalen Ramsey moments ago. Uh, this is a team sport. And I think, uh, you know, I am very sensitive to individual needs. But, you know, we have to do the right thing for the team. You can't, you cannot trade Jalen Ramsey. I don't care what goes on. You, you'll never find a player like that. And then what, what people have to understand is, is that coaches coach, players play. And as a coach, your job is not only just to diagram plays and, and all these things, it's also to manage personalities and expectations. And, and I think that is something that is lost in the art of coaching. Well, that's Maurice Jones-Drew here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yesterday, talking about the Jalen Ramsey uh, situation, and he was adamant. And he didn't mince words, and he said, you can't trade him. Simple as that. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm in his corner on it. Uh, I can't is a strong word. Uh, I wouldn't. And I would do everything in my power to to keep him. And I think uh, we, we kind of agree on that front. I just don't. I've been around here long enough. And uh, it's not as long as some of those old guys are in town. But it's long enough, 12 years. And I've seen a lot of bad football. And I haven't seen a football player like this guy. And that matters. And yeah. branding matters. And I understand it's a team sport. That matters, too. And uh, I don't dismiss what Jalen Ramsey did this week. I don't dismiss some of the things that he's done. At times, I've called him selfish. And I don't deny that. I think he he is but and can be. And I think that happens in football, though. I've covered a lot of athletes, and there's a lot of selfish players. I think there were times, uh, and I would say this to Maurice Jones, that he was a selfish player. He didn't get the ball enough. He didn't like it. That's what happens. And, and, and what is that? That's part of pride. That's part of wanting to win. All those things. But it doesn't always dismiss it. I don't think that covers it up. And I've talked earlier in the show about I don't like the timing of this for Jalen Ramsey. I think he should have done it earlier if he wanted to get here. It felt a little bit, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home and I want out now uh, because of a sideline outburst and everything that had built up prior to that. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways. You can you can talk about both. You don't have to just say unequivocally, Jalen Ramsey should be here and everybody else has to go. I don't think that has to be the case, um, although it could end up being that way. Shad Khan talked on the NFL Network, said, hey, you have to respect the individual, and I do, but it's also a team sport. And what that means, meh, that, was, that was about it, right? It kind of was the uh, probably more of a politically correct answer. Uh, than anything else, unless you surmised anything else from that, Austin. No, I mean, I think it was a pretty, you know, open and shut uh, statement that he said there. And it's kind of like you said, Brent, 
you don't have to. I mean, yeah, you could, I guess you do have to pick sides, right? Because that's the culture that we live in now. Either you're on Team Jalen, or you're on the team of the front office. Yeah. And I'm not telling anybody of which side to be on. But if you are a Jaguars fan, you have to take this into account, though, as well. If you're a Jaguars fan, you want to see wins over everything, right? Like the wins are probably the most important thing. Like, yeah, going to the, the tailgates and having a good time—that's important. But you you want to see your team be a winner. You you want to go to work the next day and you want to brag about how the Jaguars won. You you want to tell your friends who are teams of, uh, you know, maybe some other team, maybe a, a division rival that hey, we just won, you guys lost, you guys suck. I mean, that's that's the that's the basics of every NFL fan. I think that if you're looking to win games, you have to keep Jalen because if you do end up trading him and say you get some draft picks say say for that reason and, and maybe i'm i'm out of my mind say you do get two first round draft picks for jalen ramsey you still have to make the right draft selections brent and has that gone super well here in jacksonville as opposed to yes i get it josh allen was a great pick jalen ramsey at the time was a great pick but those picks i'll be honest with you a lot of people can make those picks because those picks kind of fell uh you know to the jaguars but you still have to make those first-round picks. And who's to say if Jalen goes, well, then you lose that whole team, and now maybe other guys want out too. And then now you're talking about a whole rebuilding process. And the city of Jacksonville, Brent, has been through one rebuilding process. I was part of the rebuilding process. That sucks. As a player, number one, it sucks. And I'm sure as a fan, it sucks because you're not winning a lot of games. So if you have to go through that, 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 you don't. then, then go ahead and cut Jalen Ramsey. Go ahead and trade Jalen Ramsey and get rid of him. But if you still want the optimism, if you still want to be in contention of winning a division, if you still want to be in contention of going to the playoffs and maybe going to the Super Bowl one day like Shad Khan wants, you cannot let Jalen Ramsey go. All right, let's answer Alfie's question because he just jumped in before the break. We'll get to John Bachman in just a moment. Hang tight, John. But we've got to answer this question. What if firing Tom Coughlin and keeping Jalen Ramsey is best for the Jaguars? Is it? If you fire Tom Coughlin, does that guarantee Jalen Ramsey stays? Um, probably not, but does he have a better chance of staying? I'd hedge my bet and say yes. So if that's the case, then absolutely, you do what you have to do to win ball games, Brent. And in my opinion, this is just my opinion, and I have nothing against Tom Coughlin. I've been very adamant that I'm a huge Tom Coughlin fan. I, I love the way the guy approaches the game of football. I love the old school mentality. Um, the guy's been to Super Bowls, man. The guy's won Super Bowls. How, how, as a former player, how can I not respect that? But at the same time, I'm not naive, man, and I'm not blind to what's going on. And what's going on is that you have the old school guy versus a bunch of the new school guys. And I hate to tell you, but the players, I think, carry more weight around here than someone that's making their calls from the ivory tower. So if that's the case, then yeah, then I'm, I unfortunately have to let Tom Coughlin go, which, you know, it would be it would suck to do because, I mean, he's such a staple in the Jacksonville Jaguars community. You'd have to let him go, and then you have to pray that Jalen Ramsey stays. Yeah, well, here's the deal, too. And I guess it's the timing of that and what people are talking about. See, I think there's a lot of things going on right now where the timing says, hey, Jalen Ramsey's going to get traded tomorrow. Well, I've already told you, I don't necessarily believe that. I think this is going to take out a little bit longer. Now, I've got people texting me and telling me and saying, hey, uh, teams are offering this and teams are offering that. Well, if somebody offers you a lot in return, well, then maybe he does go tomorrow. I think a lot will dictate tonight. Like, if he's inactive and that comes out at 645, well, then something's hot. Something's on the table. If he's playing tonight, I, I I think this is going to take a little bit longer. I, that means the Jags don't have anything going on. They don't have anything imminent. And I think this will play out because they're looking for a lot, and they should look for a lot in return. So my point is, if you want to go that route, if you say, hey, you know what, it is time to almost clean house here. Do you have to, like, clean house this weekend to keep Jalen Ramsey here? 
That's yeah. what I think you have to well, be careful of. The timing's important here, Austin, in my opinion, on how you want to run your organization if you're shot con. Yeah. And I just don't think it. that's a bad perception thing. You can wrap your arms around Jalen Ramsey. You can love Jalen Ramsey. You can say you're an important part of what we're doing. But you can't sit there and say Jalen Ramsey just fired everybody else. I think that's a bad look for an organization. Well, and it's hard to change the culture halfway through the season, too, right? Like, it's hard to maybe get rid of the up management goal. All right, we're going to do things differently now. Yeah, that's true. We, we kind of that saw that. Be- Kind of unprecedented. Well, what, in a way. What, no. Well, we saw that happen. So when Coach Del Rio got let go, and Coach Tucker took over, you know, Coach Tucker, I think, coached us for like three or four games. Yeah, but they didn't fire Gene Smith and everybody. No, that same but Brent, but, but I'm saying the culture changed, though. Is my point. Oh, yes, okay. Gene Smith was still there, but Tuck had a different way of coaching than Del Rio did. And when you're trying to, you know, get used to a certain coach, a quarter, you know, three quarters way through the season. That can be kind of rough. But the so, timing was late for you guys. We're three weeks well, into the season. But, but, but that's my point, though, Brad. So I'm saying it doesn't matter when the time is. You're in the NFL season right now. But at the same time, I mean, if if you want to classify yourself as insane, you think you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. That definition of insanity. Yeah, exactly. That has been written a lot results. here in Jacksonville, by the way. But Yeah, exactly. But, the record. There you go. <laughs> But my whole point is, like you're saying, you're getting text messages saying, oh, maybe some draft picks, maybe this, this, this. And if there's a player, listen, I've been adamant, don't trade Jalen Ramsey. But if, if Khan is leaning towards the point of tra- trading Jalen Ramsey, then you got to try to get at least get some established players. Because, listen, we the Jaguars haven't had the best track record in terms of first-round picks. You've had a good track record when those picks have fallen to you, but when you have to go out of your way to try to evaluate the talent, it necessarily hasn't been the best. And then when you couple that with, look at like the Cleveland Browns, Brennan, like you know, back to the, the factory of sadness days. How many first round picks did they have? How many how many years were they spent rebuilding? And they were still rebuilding to about two years ago. So just because you get all these draft, you know, these first round draft picks or whatever you get, you know, uh, all this trade capital that you get, you you bring in, doesn't mean that it's going to have a direct correlation to wins and success in your football team. At least with Jalen Ramsey, I know I have the sure thing. I have a pro bowler. I have an all-pro. I have one of the best corners in the league. At least I know that I have that. If I trade him for draft picks, it's it's the void of the unknown. It's the uncertainty. And the last thing I want to do right now, if I'm the owner, if I'm the, the operator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is head into another season with uncertainty. Is it easier to play cornerback at an elite level or find a quarterback to play at an elite level than it is to build a Super Bowl winner? Say, say it one more time. Is it easier to find a Super Bowl, I mean, a, a great corner, or to find a management that will build a Super Bowl winner? Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> that's it's, a it's loaded a, question. That's kind right? of a loaded question. Um, so, I mean, kind of, I'm trying to think. Okay, so. Because that's what we're asking. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not, not that they've built a Super Bowl winner, but again, I think it's fair to mention. Everybody Listen. against Tom Coughlin and all these folks, it's fair to mention they went to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago. And I'm not necessarily defending everything they've done, but it's on their resume that it, they've been here two years and two games. And one of those years, they went to the AFC Championship game. I mean, you can't deny that. Listen, it's easier to build the culture to bring in the guys that inspire the players to play. Okay, it's easier to do that than it is to find one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now. Because you know why? Because teams have an opportunity every single year in the NFL draft to find that best cornerback. And as far as I'm concerned, how the past you know three years of the drafts have shaken out, there hasn't been a Jalen Ramsey since. No, uh, not at least on my radar. Well, and like I've said, I've been here 12 years and I haven't seen a Jalen Ramsey player yet. So like like yeah. Jalen Ramsey. But I'll tell you what I've seen. So. I've seen optimism in Baltimore right now. I've seen Baltimore bring in a new offensive coordinator and implement a new offense that's been, you know, mixed with their old school defensive philosophies of playing good ball. 
And now all of a sudden there's a lot of optimism with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders, but I'm saying at least the fan base is optimistic, right? The team has showed optimism. Everyone's talking about the Baltimore Ravens right now. That's the culture, man. And, like, look at Andy Reid. Look, I mean, you can just name, name whoever you want to name. But I'm saying it's a lot easier to build the culture then find those key players to add to your culture. Interesting. Hey, let's bring John Bachman in right now. John, sorry to leave you hanging, man. Uh, I'm, like, uh, wiping off the camera. It's raining. It's amazing. Over it's, at TIAA it's Bank, it's blue here. skies. Yeah. And right here, it's squalling sideways. I feel like I'm on a boat. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are, too, because the wind is howling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's I'm not too bad. I'm glad you guys are okay. Hold, hold on. Hold on over there. Don't blow well, away I've now. Got, I mean, uh, Austin's hugging me. That's yeah. nice. You to, guys, to hang yeah, on. cuddle up there. It'll be good. It'll be fine. <laughs> hey, hey uh, what is the weather? Do you know what the forecast is tonight? Because the temperature is supposed to be comfortable, but what's Burr saying? Well, it's beautiful. I mean, really, the humidity is low except for when it's raining, and the wind is keeping everything cool and comfortable. It was. I, I, I tweeted earlier today that I was outside and I wasn't sweating, so I think that's breaking news. That is a little uh, bit But, yeah, no, there's there's going to be some lines of, of, of showers blowing through here, but Burrish's uh, prediction is that by game time we should be good. Yeah, well, I so, wish you would predict between three and six we should be good because well, he, my hair's all wet now. I know. We can't have that, Brent. <laughs> Where, I mean, you know, well, you have to talk to him more. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Hey, what do you got coming up tonight? We've got a lot oh. of stuff. First of all, let me really quick, I want to sum up what I think about this, if I can, because I, yeah. I know people want to hear it. I mean, Hit really. us with it, John. Well, every, with listen, it, everybody's got an opinion. We talk about it every I know. between commercial breaks and after shows, and I, I talk about it when I go home. Ty's like, what's going on? What's well, your take? Right. My and wife's I, like, what's going on? What Should they keep him? Willie, my, you know what Kaylee said? I was like, Kaylee, do you think they should keep Jalen Ramsey? Yes, they should keep Jalen Ramsey. Or they'll suck more. <laughs> From the mouths of the the wisest of us all. No, listen, I, I'm with you, Brent. I don't. I mean, you, you get rid of Ramsey, your team is is less good, right? You can't fire Tom Coughlin though. The guy is a legend. Look what he's done for Jacksonville Jaguars. Look what he's done in New York. You, I mean, the the team is in a in a no win situation here, and that's why I think part of the reason why we're so busy talking about this, right? They're 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 in a spot. The only way you win is if you can somehow smooth this over. Do you pay Jalen and does that make it easy uh do, you know what what do you have to do to make it work where you don't have to get rid of either one of them because the the reality is you can't get rid of ramsey because it's going to hurt the team certainly over the next couple of years and you can't get rid of a, a legend like coughlin i mean i just i know fans would probably early on maybe say oh well it's good because they kept ramsey but the reality is long term what does that do for your friend you can't get rid of tom you can't get rid of him i don't think i just don't well, know how you do it I, I think, think it's a little – got to be careful because there's, there's actually a guy that played or coached his last game inside this stadium that coached Florida State and Bobby Bowden, and they hung on to him for a while and too long because of some of the, yeah. the reverence to it, you know, I, and I, you can do it. Well, and, not and mid-season. So I, not mid, let him well, – cla- like yeah. a real organization well, would say, Tom, this year was rough, and, we, you know, we got to work this out so that you look good and we look good, but this is going to be the last year. Like, like you do that in the offseason. You don't do that mid-season. This is, that would look bad for everybody, I, I think. I think you're right. Well, and, and ShotCon over time has always been big on not changing coaches mid season anyway. Yeah. He, he yeah. has said that when all the Gus Bradley stuff was going on. Now, he fired him two games to go, but still, he, he doesn't want to change. That, that's yeah. been his position on it. Doesn't want to change anything mid-season if he can avoid it. Uh, that doesn't mean you always do it that way, no. but he doesn't like to do it that way. That's not really the the way that works in the NFL, according to their opinions mm-hmm. and, and kind of the facts and, and the trends that have taken place. But, uh, you know, John, I, I think uh, the other part of this is 
we don't know how long Tom Coughlin's staying here anyway. Exactly. I mean, he could exactly. say, I'm, I'm done with this stuff at the end of this year. That's, and that's what I'm saying. And, and even if he doesn't, the team could 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 pitch it that way. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't. You can't just do that because Coach Coughlin isn't just the coach. He's he's not just the vice president of football operations. The guy's a legend, and whether you like him or not, now it, it's it's a it's a a PR problem, I think, for the team yeah, long term. It could be. You it's definitely to, a split You have to in work town. that out classy and and do that right at the end of the season. It is important how you handle business, and yeah. that's important to people who are business people, right. how you do things. I think that that's a good thing to, to bring along. And coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk about, at the other side of this break, talk about what if you did pay him? What if you just put a big right. contract in front of him this right. weekend? Would that solve some things? So we'll talk about that. But yeah. first, what's coming right. up on CBS 47, well, Fox 30? So we do have a poll on uh, you can uh, you know watch Action News Jackson 5 and then weigh in on whether you think the Jags are going to win. I'm telling you right now they're going to win. The stash has spoken. We are winning this ball game tonight. <laughs> Period. There's no question in my mind. They're not going to go a thousand days. I think it was, they're sitting right on 999, if I'm not mistaken, since the last time they beat the Titans. They're not going to a thousand. It ends tonight. That's that's it. That's period. Done. All done right. End of story. But let I me like it. let me tell you, if you do watch us at five o'clock tonight, we got a couple of exciting things coming up. Um, they have finally released. New guidelines for proposals for the um, the development of the old courthouse city hall property right on the river. You know, that beautiful area that they tore down about uh, maybe, was that three, six months ago? Yeah. Um, right along, right, but right by um, the Hyatt there. Uh, okay. j- you know that little that little nook in just um, just east of uh, just east of the Hyatt, right along the river there. It's beautiful property, and so we're looking at some of the 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 regulations, the stipulations they're putting on the proposals for that property tonight. So you'll get a chance to look at some of the the drawings and that sort of thing, which is pretty cool. And um, and then a crazy, we like drawings. Yeah, we always like drawings. And then the the cr- this crazy story out of Jacksonville where this kid. Uh, I think he was about seven years old, was being chased by a dog. He, I think he was walking to the bus stop this morning and was chased by a dog, ran out into the street and was hit by a car. Just awful stuff. Uh, and not to, to leave you as a downer, but, I mean, it, it is, it's one of those things. And now the neighbors are saying that this dog is a problem dog. We talked to the owner. We get his side of the story tonight. So um, it's, it's a pretty compelling story uh, that will be on tonight on Action News Jackson 5 as well. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, and we'll have a live report here from the stadium as well, Jags and Titans. We're going to talk more Jags and Titans right. coming up right after this. But one more thought, not the only well, oh, I hate to say one more. It's probably going to lead to another hour, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Jalen Ramsey talk continues. What if they were to throw money at him right away this weekend? Would that change things, in your opinion, in his opinion, in, in this whole situation? How about a win tonight and a contract offer tomorrow? Would that change things? For Jalen Ramsey. Check out Action News Jacks tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30 with John Bachman, and we'll have some reports from the stadium as well. But don't go anywhere. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this. Jags and Titans, Thursday night football, and we're live at the stadium. Uh, this is a team sport, and I think, uh, you know, I am very sensitive to individual needs, but, you know, we have to do the right thing for the team. I was Shad Khan on NFL Network now about an hour ago here in Jacksonville as the NFL Network is here for tonight's game between the Jags and Titans. 8-20 kickoff, a must-win for the Jaguars, and we're going to talk about the football game. But yeah. one more thought on Jalen Ramsey, at least for now, and your calls are welcome, Star Star 6 9 get a lot of interaction on social media, so we'll share some of those with you as it goes along. You're always welcome to join in the discussion. I pose this. If the Jaguars win tonight... 
and then they offer a contract to Jalen Ramsey tomorrow, would that change things? <laughs> My bad. I was, I was I know. trying to push the sign away. You can't, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're distracted. See, well, this is dude, what's a problem with the so, Ramsey stuff. This could cause distractions. I don't know. I some guy handed me. Sorry, man. Some guy handed me something, and he told me to do something with it. I didn't hear what he said. I so, my bad, dude. Yeah, bad I'm timing just, on his. Yeah, part yeah, yeah. Too, my, yeah. My bad. But no, you're saying but, so. It's but that was for the party shacks, the ultimate fan experience. That's well, what we're at to right show now. this or not? No, no. no we just oh, wanted okay. to some talking points because okay. they're hosting us here today, gotcha. putting us elevated. Once again, something could have been brought up in the work email to let me know what was going on. But it's all good, though, man. Listen, if you want to come over here, do some of the muscle to set some of this stuff up, I then I might of, share some of those busy, thoughts yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy. Right, Apparently, right. you had a lookalike, uh, uh, a doppelganger, right? Yeah, you know Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. All right, so anyway, okay, let's sorry. get back, let's to, get my back to it. Yeah, sorry, man. Uh, I'm not distracted. Yeah, So oh, I'm, I'm on point now. They win tonight. Yeah. Everybody feels good. Yeah, the Jags win. Winning makes everything better. Uh, this weekend, they say, you know what, Jalen? We hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not paying you any Kangakwe right now. So... Here's this mega deal. Sure. Would it change anything? What is the mega deal? Uh, just Let's just say it's a deal that's huge. Give me some it, money. Give I me, don't know the dollars. Some. It's bigger than Howard. Okay, South Beach Gary. Yeah. It's bigger, <laughs> it sets a record for a cornerback. Let's get a phone call now. It, okay. it resets the market. It's it's a, a gazillion dollars guaranteed. Yeah. It, it's a deal that, that that's, whoa, that's a heck of a deal. Okay. So if I'm Jalen Ramsey and I'm, I'm about to be the highest paid corner is what you're saying, right, in the NFL, Brent? Yeah. Okay, so if I'm Jalen Ramsey and I'm about to be the highest paid corner in the NFL and the Jaguars offer me after this game, if I'm him, and once again, I don't know his whole thought process, I don't know how the guy thinks, but if I'm in his shoes, I'm going to wait. I'm Because that's not all this is about. Because if I'm Jalen Ramsey, I know I'm the best corner in the league right now. And I know that regardless of where I go, if I get traded, if wherever, whatever happens to me, I'm going to get paid like the top corner in the NFL. Because that's just business. That's well, then just... why are you complaining now? You know you're going to get paid. What do you mean? Well, then why do this all this week if you already know you're going to get paid? He knows he's going to get paid. Brent, because he's not happy with the culture, man. That's two different things. Like, so, if I'm just, so, okay, so if I'm Jalen Ramsey and I know I'm going to get paid, I want to get paid in a spot that I know that I'm going to spend, you know, the rest uh, three or four years of my life living in, in a culture. I want to know I'm going to be comfortable because, you know what? I can go anywhere I want because anyone's going to pay me, you know, top dollar regardless of where I go. So if I have the option, and I can't go because the, the team's going to dictate where I go in the trade, right? But I'm saying if I have the opportunity to go wherever I want or if it's some other team, I want to be part of a culture that, number one, wins, and number two, I can be comfortable in. The, the, there's no sense in sticking on a team that I don't want to be a part of if I'm going to make some, you know, the same price someplace else. Okay, but here's the, there's this thing that, that, that people have said since, like, you know, like the 1920s probably. Okay, hit me with it. it ain't no, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. You know, there's probably a lot of... Th- I'm saying... The grass is greener in New England, man. Is it? Well, I don't know. Is it? Antonio Brown has, seems no, pretty no. happy Antonio over there. Antonio Brown got a, a bailout. Okay, but he seems pretty happy over there. And, he, and he's making that. a and he's making Give a lot a less weeks. money. Well, he he's making a lot less he's money. Making the same money he would have made. He make at least per this year. He's making fifteen million. I'm saying what we compared to the Raiders, where he was at in Oakland, that was thirty million. He was but making it was only a lot. Years. He was making a lot more money in Oakland. He goes to, to to New England, and he seems a lot happier now in New England than he was in in Oakland. I'm saying that might change, but I'm just saying right now he's happy making a lot less money. Hmm. 
I'm not sure about that. Uh, okay. The, bo- the bottom line, what I'm trying to say is you could go to uh, Kansas City. Maybe it is good. But you can go to Kansas City and not like it, is my point. You could go to Oakland and not like it. You have to switch from Oakland to Las Vegas. And even though you said you like it over there, you might not like it over there. Yeah. Tennessee had some ownership things going on. You could go to Tennessee and you don't like it. You could go play for Jim Irsay in Indianapolis and not like it. That's my point. So when you get something in front of you, does that show that you're wanted? Does the money trump some of the feelings you might have, even though the market's out there? My point is the market's going – Jalen knows the market's going to be out there. Yeah. His agent knows the market's out there. We all know Jalen's getting paid, whether it's by the Jaguars or someone else. He's getting paid, and he's going to get paid a lot of money. It's going to be a handsome contract. But does it change the way you think immediately, I guess is my question, about how they feel about you and what they're trying to do and making you the cornerstone of the organization? Uh, and does it trump any of the ill wills, feelings you might have now that they've given you money? Because at the end of the day, Maurice Jones-Drew said, and a lot of people have said, this is about paying other guys that haven't performed. Well, if I now pay you because you've performed and make you the highest paid guy in the league, wouldn't that kind of change your thinking on that? That changes the thinking of how the team feels about you, but it doesn't change the culture. Jalen Ramsey is pretty adamant when the season started that he understands he wasn't going to get paid this year. If Jalen Ramsey, if his only gripe with this whole thing was getting paid, then Jalen Ramsey would have said, I want to get paid. He, you know, he, he would have been very adamant about that because guess what, Brent? That's what every single player that wants to get paid does. He says, you know what, I'm going to hold out because I want to get a new contract. Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, I mean, just name your guy. Trent Williams, you know. Uh, well, Trent Williams wants to be traded. But whoever the guy is, he'll hold out then. Jalen Ramsey's only gripe is not about the money. Now, I, I don't know on the hierarchy of needs where the money stands. It's my belief, at least my opinion, from everything that I've garnered so far, that the culture and the way that the, the front office is you know, handling whatever it is, is number one. And then you can trickle down where maybe he's playing out of position. Maybe he wants to get paid a lot more money. Whatever that is. But if I'm Jalen Ramsey, I know, Brent, that no matter where I go, people are going to pay me the same price, and that's top dollar. So, yeah, if the Jaguars were to pay him right now and say, hey, we want you, man, well, cool, that's awesome, but guess what? Everybody else wants me, too, as we've heard, because every single team called about Jalen Ramsey. So the market for him is very high right now. That's not the only point, though. The point is that he wants to play in a place that he can stand to play in for the next four or five years of his career. I want to dissect one more thing that Shad Khan said. We've now played it, I think, four times in the last hour, what Shad Khan said. And uh, it, it reads like, this is a team sport. I'm very sensitive to individual needs, but we have to do the right things for the team. Is the, is the right thing for the team <laughs> to trade Jalen Ramsey? I mean, is the right team for the – and I guess you could characterize team franchise. See, I think more from a franchise standpoint. But is the right thing for the franchise, if I'm Shad Khan, I'm thinking, is that – the right thing to do is to trade Jalen Ramsey, is to get rid of your best player, your best branded player, and, and, and the guy that makes you big bucks and notoriety and performs on the field day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, and again, a guy that I think will go down as maybe the best player in franchise history if he were to hang around here for a dozen years. The Is, is that the best thing for your team to do that? Or are you too much looking at the immediate this week, next week, and and not thinking long-term enough on Jalen Ramsey if you're trying to make a move right now because it seems very spontaneous. I've already said it's spontaneous from Jalen's standpoint. Now, I know there's been a lot of build, but this all this week is rather spontaneous. Sunday yeah. night into Monday is spontaneous, and I don't like that part of it. I've, I've said that multiple times on the show today and this week. 
I think it's bad timing. I don't like the way the timing has been played out here for Jalen. I think he should have done it back in August when he was right out there and said, I'm not getting a contract, and, and he seemed okay with it at the time, and, and then two weeks later says, hey, Doug Marone's taking care of us, and do, and it seemed, hey, everything's good. And then all of a sudden you go three weeks later, 0-2, a little spat on the sideline, and bam, I'm out of here. But I also think the Jags have to be a little cautious here, too, to get caught in the emotion of it all and say, all right, see you later then. I'm tired of dealing with you. We're not going to put up with this stuff. Well, that's not, that might be the best interest of the team like for the next five days, but that can't be the best interest of the team for the next five years, can it? No. Uh, listen, I've already been very adamant about it. If you trade Jalen Ramsey and you get draft picks for him, then you have the uncertainty. You don't know what you're getting back in return. Yeah, you'd want to have the perfect draft and take you know the top prospect of that whole draft wherever it fell to, but that's not how the draft always works. So now you're taking the uncertainty. And don't forget, we got a coach in Doug Marone right now. Whether the players like him or not, that guy's fighting for his job right now. Uh, you know, Todd Wash, every – and I'm not sure about, you know, I mean, John DiPolifo, we'll see, but – a lot of people, everybody's fighting. Doug Marone's fighting yeah. for his job. Okay. Everybody's so, so fighting for their then. job. So there's a lot of people in that stadium right now that are fighting for their job. So does letting go of Jalen Ramsey, does trading Jalen Ramsey give you the best option to win to save your job? Absolutely not. So if you're Doug Marone, I'm fighting for Jalen Ramsey. If I'm Todd Wash, I'm fighting for Jalen Ramsey. If I'm John DeFilippo, guess what? I'm fighting for Jalen Ramsey. And if you're anybody in that front office, you should be fighting to keep Jalen Ramsey. Fascinating. What a yes. topic. And yeah. uh, we're not done with it, but next... Jags and Titans. Why can't the Jaguars beat the Titans? And will it happen tonight? Plus a concerning thought on offense that I didn't think would happen next on ESPN 690. And this is this is why the, the locker room dynamic is so important. If you're working wherever and you're putting in a ton of work and you're excelling and someone that's not performing as high as you is getting paid more, you're going to be upset. I don't care if it's the same position. I don't care if it's a manager, an employee. I don't care however it goes. You're going to get upset. And the locker room is the same way. Maurice Jones drew yesterday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, and he's absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. And he is, that's one relatable thing in all workplaces. When you see somebody else working and they ain't doing diddly, coos, and they're getting paid more than you, coos. not coos. I'm kidding. Coos, I'm just messing, dude. Um, that that's bothersome, there. right? <laughs> yeah, that's sure. bothersome. So I understand that part of it. The difference is most employees either don't have the guts, the wherewithal, the resources, the ability to take a stand about it. Yeah. When you have millions in the bank, when you have are wanted all over the NFL because you're a very good player, well, you have that. Yeah. And uh, Jalen Ramsey does have that. We're gonna put the Jalen Ramsey conversation down for just a moment okay i want to talk about jags and titans yeah but first before we do that we have the happy hour horn brought to you by vita de Louis, and it's a thursday game day Oof, and always time for a, a drink and happy hour Greg, 
grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your starting. Absolutely. As you know, Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rating, and so everybody's loving some Vita DeLuis. Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis. Made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. And by the way, Vita DeLuis has friends all over the world. They want to help out the Bahamas, our friends of the Bahamas, help them raise money for Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hope Town Rising. Go to VitaDeLuis.com, and 50% of the merchandise will go to these funds. That's VitaDeLuis.com. All right, let's talk a little football, man. Let's talk sure. about this game yeah. a little bit more. Why can't the Jags beat the Titans? Can you give me a succinct answer at why the Titans have their number? Are they simply in the Jags' heads? Let me ask you this question. If you're def to define the Jags' defense in the past three or four years, what would be one or two adjectives that you would use to describe that defense of the Jaguars? <sighs> I know. I'm, I'm really putting you on the spot here. but it's just uh, in the Fast. Boom. Thank you. First thing. That's what I was going for. Ding, ding. Fast. So that's the number one answer on the family Fast. feud here. Fast, yeah. Tonight. And if you look at the Jags, and listen, I get there's been some dark days in Jacksonville, but even when they had success, they matched up well against teams, you know, that maybe relied on one receiver. They they matched up well uh, against teams that were balanced. Now the Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, well, that's a different animal, right? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think any defense Nobody right now in the NFL matches up well with they them. Scored over 26 points in like a million games in a row. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that. Okay, but one, I guess, if you want to talk about a kryptonite to a fast team. To a, to, to a team that relies on its speed, shutting down the wide receivers. One kryptonite to that, Brent, is physicality. And whether it was Mike Malarkey in Tennessee, whether it was Vrabel now, they all have something in common where, I mean, listen, I've, I played for Malarkey. I, I know about it, you know, and, and I respected him because, once again, he's kind of an old school uh, philosophy type. Those guys like to run the ball because they still feel, and Vrabel's the exact same way. That either the game's won and lost in the trenches. And even, you know, if you want to go back to the days of, of Eddie George, you know, I mean, the, the, they all, the Tennessee Titans have always ran the ball. Now, yes, you had Frank Wycheck every once in a while, a little play action, go to Frank Wycheck. Only reason I remember him was because I used to use him on college. <laughs> I'm sorry, college. I used to use him on NFL game day 1999. Like, Music uh, City Miracle. Well, man. yeah, and the, the Titans are kind of my team because they're the best oh, team on the Don't say that around Well, they're, they're the best team Everybody on game day. Everybody just flipped the Brent, show off. I'm just saying, back in 1999, if you're playing game day 99, the Rams and the Titans were the two best teams. I didn't like the Rams. I was an Eddie George fan, so I used the Titans when I was playing against my friends in apologies, game Apologies, Jacksonville. Apologies for hiring Austin Lane. I it, did not know that. Hey, the background check didn't go that Could I be around. honest, man? Back in 99, the Jaguars were not that good at a game to 99. I don't know what it well, was. I don't know why. They were awesome here. The only team they lost to was the Titans three I'm just times saying, that season. Game they were 99, the, in the regular season. The, the Titans were a little better in that video game. And by that, the way, they are the curse. The Titans are the curse of the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. franchise. You can, you can pull out anything else. Whoa. The Titans are the curse of the Jaguars franchise. And here we go. So back, I mean, I'll, I'll go and I'll go back home to Wisconsin. I'll get my PlayStation One. I'll get Game Day '99, and I'll let you be the the Jaguars, and I'll be the Titans, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now <laughs> back to this game, though. So probably lose like they did on the field. So, <laughs> so it's all about physicality, right? That's what counters speed, and the Titans have that in spades. They, they have that in a guy by the name of Derrick Henry, who is the epitome of a hard nosed runner. Now. They have kind of enhanced him a little bit this year in the fact that they're starting to get him the ball more in, in, in passing, you know, in yeah. pass situations, which is a little surprising because you still have a guy by the name of Deion Lewis who that's how he made his money in New England. 
you know, he, he was a big part of New England's success because, sure, maybe you had LeGarrette Blount or somebody that would, you would go on first and second down, but then you have Deion Lewis, who's good at, also in the run game, but especially uh, key in the pass game. So now all of a sudden you're having Derrick Henry that is also a little bit of a pass catcher as well. But it's no surprise, like I've talked about in the beginning of the show, Brent, what Tennessee's going to try to do. They're going to come in here and try to run the ball because that's what's won them ball games in the past. So why has Tennessee always had the Jacksonville Jaguars number? Because the Jaguars' defense, and I, I'm like I said, the game's won and lost the trenches, but the Jaguars' defense is a lot of things. But in the past, you could argue if it's been the most physical, especially against a superior or even maybe just the same physical kind of team like the Tennessee Titans, and that's what the Tennessee Titans make their bread and butter. Yeah, it's interesting. One thought on Derrick Henry. I don't know why they don't screen more, because you get him going with a head of steam and a little yeah. bit of open field, and not say he's fast and elusive, but you get some blockers. and You don't want to tackle well, him. If you're a corner, look what happened on that 99-yard run. You know why well, they look yeah. so em- embarrassed? Because nobody wants to tackle him. Not yeah. only can you not at least arm tackle him, but nobody wants to. You have to tackle him with full technique, and usually around the legs. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be willing to do that. And, and that's what you saw against Cleveland in their first game. They got Derrick Henry, uh, the ball in space. And all things considered, yes, he can lower his shoulder, he can hit stick you, but the guy's also fast. He's very deceptively fast. And he tore Cleveland up. So I'm interested to see if they throw the ball to Derrick Henry a little more. But it's like I said, Brent, it, it comes down to physicality. It comes down to a mindset. There's not going to be a lot of X's and O's in game planning, especially on the defensive side of the Jaguars. It's all about who wants it more. Did you just call the Jags' defense soft? No, I mean, I or said... finesse? Yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead. I mean, the last time they not played... Not soft, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no but, I hear you. But, but it is, like... There is a fine line, right? I'm not saying they're not tough. Look, I saw Quincy Williams knock someone into next week. Of course. Last week. Of course. Uh, and and Jalen Ramsey will hit you. He's tough. I don't think people talk about his toughness enough. Yeah. You know, Miles Jack can be violent as much as he is physical. Marcel Darius will throw you around. I mean, I'm, again, so I'm not knocking. I'm just saying there is a difference, though, in what you're saying between finesse sometimes and speed yeah. and some of the big plays and, like, the Telvin Smith, especially when Telvin Smith was here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think of him and think physicality. You think yeah. speed and flash and big play, hopefully. But he's also going to miss some tackles along the way, and that you pay that price sometimes yeah. because he might come up with a big play because of his speed otherwise. So I understand the difference. There's a, there's a reason why I think in the last couple of years they've struggled, too, with Tennessee. Hit me with it. And I want you to take me inside the locker room. Okay. I walked out, out of that locker room in Tennessee in that embarrassing moment for the Jaguars last, last year. And I said to a player, I was like, what in the world? Like, I was walking down the hall to the plane. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? No, I'm not going to tell you which player. But I, yeah. I was walking down the hall with them, uh, to the plane. I said, what was that? Yeah. And he was kind of shaking his head like, man, they don't even, like, they don't even look that great, like, on tape and stuff. They just, and then they come out here and they take care of business, you know. It's just like they, well, they, they yeah. do that. And so what I got from that. And I'm, I was kind of paraphrasing there. I, I don't know exactly what he said, but that was kind of the, uh, the that was kind of what he said. Sure. And so what I took from that was, is Tennessee a team that shows up? And in my view, I think they're about as average as the day is long when I look at them and watch them play. Yeah. And so when you look at the tape, what I would say is players know. Like when you're watching tape on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, leading up to a game, and you say you know kind of what good is. You're like, holy crap. That, that Kansas City team can fly. This yeah. is going to be a tough week. You look at the Miami Dolphins, you're like, my gosh, they stink. we just got to go in here and take care of business. Yeah. So my point is you look at Tennessee and you're the Jaguars and you've got all this talent on defense and you're like, 
these guys are going to score like 13 points even if they play well against us. We're way better than them. So therefore, you let your guard down a little bit going into that game. Yeah. Not take them lightly. That's a difference. But you let your guard down a little bit. And then Tennessee comes in there and bam, 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 bam. For four quarters, they try to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And they have this tough mentality. And you're like, what is going on here? Sure. Like, what the heck is going on? So it's almost like a psych- psychological thing yes. that I think Tennessee can do to you. And I, I don't want to necessarily say mentally tougher than the Jags, but it almost feels that way in this matchup that they are mentally tougher because they know they can be physically tough all game long and they want to bring that to you all game long, even if they're not flashy and you don't think they're going to score 24 points in the game. It's a great point. You know, it it reminds me, and I'm not trying to be biased here, but it reminds me a lot of how the way the Wisconsin Badgers run their football team. That's a great example. That's a great example. A great parallel right there. And let me go and break this down real quick. You remember, and this was, I think Fournette was playing for LSU. Remember when LSU played Wisconsin? And the whole time, a lot of the experts said that, oh, LSU's got all the athletes. LSU's got all the recruits. Yeah, Wisconsin, they're not sexy. They can run the ball. They're okay. They got a decent offensive line. But they don't do anything really well. Well, I think what LSU took for granted was the fact that every time Wisconsin plays, they come to hit you in the mouth. And it's the same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. You can, the, you know, when you're, go, when, you're, when you're pre-gaming and when, you, when you're planning throughout the week, the scout team can give you every single look that the Titans will give you. You, you know, you can go ahead and line up with you know, two tight ends or whatever. You can go ahead and line up with a, like an I-formation. Whatever you want to run. The scout team can give you all of those looks. And mentally, you, you can see, like, okay, the, the guy's going to motion. It's going to be around here. You know all that stuff. But what you cannot plan during, you know, the, during the game week, during the, the, the planning and everything for the whole week, is you can't plan for the intensity and you can't plan for just how violent it's going to be. Because the, the scout team's job is to give you the look. But the scout team can't match the intensity. You match the intensity in the game. That's the only way you're going to feel the true intensity. Yeah. And every single time that I've seen Jacksonville versus Tennessee, it's been intensity. It's been physicality. And you can't mimic that during the week. If you did, you'd have a lot of players in the IR, yeah, right? So, I already seemingly do. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So from that standpoint, and it's not all on the defense, Brent, because I think a good way to beat Tennessee, at least the past couple of years, I'm not sure about now, but the past couple of years, a good way to beat Tennessee is just run and gun them. It's just to outscore them. Yeah. Make, make Tennessee play your game. Well, what's been the story of Jacksonville for a long time here uh, in this city? It's the fact that their offense can't really get going, right? Like, you give the ball to Fournette, it's three and out. Oh, man, here we go. It's going to be a long game. It's going to be another nine to six, just, you know, barn burner, just a ratings booster. <laughs> and and that, that, that's the way it's been. You know, let's be honest. That's the way it's been. It is. You know? They're and, ugly games. And the NFL They're Network's, not entertaining. And the NFL Network's all pissed off because ratings are going down the toilet. But if I'm Jacksonville this year, and I do have some intrigue on offense, I have shown glimpses against Houston, against Kansas City, even though I have a rookie quarterback, maybe that's maybe that's the key. Yeah, you still have a good dose of Fournette, but you also get the receivers involved. You also make Tennessee maybe play a little bit more of your game because we know in the past, Miroda has had trouble when he's dropped back into Jacksonville. Jacksonville. One other thought about all the physicality stuff, yeah. they always seem to match up in a short week. True. And that's tough yeah. to play a physical game on a short week. When that's we come back... The guy on offense that hasn't shown up yet for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the stat column, and they need to get him going. I'm a little surprised. That's next on ESPN 690. A little anxious to get back. Uh, it's been a minute. I got hurt week two of last year, so it's a uh, year um, since I played in a regular season game, so I'm looking forward to it. So ultimately trying to stack the good days and, and trying to build on those, but uh, it was long and it was a grind. So um, I'm just happy I'm, I'm at the point now to where I can, I can go back out there and play with my guys. 
Well, that's Cam Robinson. He'll get the start at left tackle tonight for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's back. What does it mean for the Jaguars offense? Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're going to talk offense right now. There's a guy that I think has been a little bit disappointing. I'm not saying it's all his fault, Mm -hmm. but he's been disappointing from a production standpoint. And it's not Leonard Fournette. We'll also have Maurice Jones-Drew talking about Leonard Fournette. And I want to get your thoughts on Cam Robinson, this offensive line. Does it help having Robinson back? Uh, they might even play multiple offensive linemen rotations. Will Richardson yeah. could play. Cedric Obway, he could play. That's an odd it's, thing in the NFL, isn't it? Yeah. See, to me, it's all about finding your rhythm and finding your groove. And I feel like if you're subbing guys in and out, in and out, that kind of messes up the rhythm a little bit. But, uh, yes, I mean, you know, for every reason, if, if a player is not playing up to his standards and, you know, he's getting burnt out there nonstop, well, then, of course, you replace him and plug the other guy in. But the last thing I want to see is maybe a guy have a good series and all of a sudden, all right, time to rotate guys in. Like, it's not like defense, man. Like, as far as the offensive line, you the, there's a game flow. You, you get a feel and everything. And the last thing you want to do is mess up that game flow, mess up that chemistry by subbing guys in and out, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the guy that I think has struggled a little bit to get loose is D.D. Westbrook. I yeah. thought he would be growing like this year and bam maybe some star potential not like crazy i i, I don't want to overhype it but i just thought if there was a player i'd pick on offense to break out and have a really good year it would be dd westbrook he's off to a slow start mm-hmm. uh, not targeted that much maybe he's covered a little bit i think a catch in three yards was it last week are they doing enough with dd westbrook or are we being a bit unfair to him because there's so much attention on him? There's not a lot of not a lot of uh, worry in the DJ Charks and Chris Conley, and so defenses are loading up on Westbrook sure. and therefore leaving everything open for those two guys. What is it? Yeah, so I think you know in, in terms of the one receiver, um, I think D.D. Westbrook is that guy where teams game plan for. At the same time, I think it's a combination of that and also kind of the, the scheme that John DeFilippo runs. Because even when I was in Philly, yes, you had Alshon Jeffrey, who was the one receiver in Philly when they had all their success together. But at the same time, you still had Aguilar getting the catches. You still had Ertz getting the catches as well. That's because in this offense, the, the ball gets spread around. So sometimes, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where if you have a Jaguars receiver in fantasy football, Sometimes might get a little frustrated because he may he may not get all the targets. It's kind of like having a running back from New England in fantasy football. Uh, they, they go hand in hand. But sometimes that guy may not get the targets, whether it's from a game plan, the game script perspective, or what the defense is giving you. But as long as guys are making catches, regardless if it's D, you know if it's DJ Chark, if it's DD Westbrook, I mean that's a good thing. Uh, the thing that would worry me is the fact if if you look at the targets and guys aren't making the receptions, then it's time to get worried a little bit. But I'm not too concerned with D.D. Westbrook. I think, you know, it's like I said, in Philly, sometimes guys had, you know, their two touchdown games with ten targets and whatever, eight catches, and sometimes guys kind of dwindled off a little bit. And that's just the kind of like the result of the system. Well, the good news is, and I think it's been fun and exciting to see D.J. Chark take off in these first two games. I think uh, Chris Conley's been outstanding in these first couple of games. So that's been good. Yeah. I just expect more from D.D. Westbrook. I think you've got to get him going. And I said for the second half of last Last year, when they really had nobody else, Fournette out and nobody else, I said, you've got to get that guy the ball. Get him the ball. He's your playmaker. Find a way. And if you're an offensive coordinator, I think you can always find a way to get a guy a football. And so I think they need to find a way to get D.D. Westbrook the football. There's one other part of this. How much of this is Gardner Minshew? You know, things are fast right now for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that he's been throwing to since the spring, since he got drafted. Okay. 
that is out there on the field and playing pretty well, and that's number 17, DJ Chark. Sure. See, the second team reps and the things that happened on the practice field in camp and, and things yeah. that were happening in the preseason, DJ Chark was out there quite a bit for that. So he's got a, a little bit of a rapport with number 17. And so you trust that, right? Just like we said, Conley had a really nice August. Why? Because Nick Foles trusts that. Of he course. doesn't know these other guys as well. So I think... Gardner's going to have to kind of take down that barrier a little bit at times and start getting it into number 12's hands. Now, you yeah. don't force it, but you've got to get it into number 12's hands. And I think that's also a responsibility of John Filippo. He has to find a way to get D.D. involved. And this is why I was such a big proponent of having, you know, uh Gardner Minshew, like, get some first-team reps in preseason, because I felt like, I mean, and I get it, I wasn't expecting Foles to go out in week one, but I just felt like from Gardner's standpoint, it builds his confidence, right? Like, if you play with the first-teamers, well, now you know how everybody operates. You, you know the timing and everything like that, because, and maybe you get that in training camp a little bit, but you don't get that in a game setting. So maybe from your standpoint, which was a really good point with DJ Chark, maybe the fact that he doesn't really have that timing yet, he doesn't have that chemistry with, with D.D. Westbrook, that, 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 that takes time, especially for a rookie quarterback who's just, you know, he's trying to go to his, the most comfortable guy he's passing the ball just because he's so young still. He's still young in this game. So I think it's a great point by your part saying that D.D. Westbrook hasn't performed yet. One thing I've been really impressed by uh, with Gerder Mitchell is timing routes, the, the, the slants, you know, and Chark's been good on that, Conley's been good on that. They don't run that stuff as much with Didi. So that yeah. might you know, that might be the simpler throw for Minshew right now, the things he is comfortable with, and maybe that's another impact of why Didi's numbers are down. Again, I, I'm not blaming him. Yep. I think you have to get him involved. I think he's a weapon on this football team. One other note, it was such BS they called that play in live action on the offensive pass interference. I just thought it was so weak. And to see how things are different, uh, that was last week against Houston. Yep. Antonio Brown did the same thing on the touchdown play against the Miami Dolphins, but but maybe worse. Yeah. And they didn't call it, and it was a touchdown. Now, do I think it might have been a little bit of a push-off? In, in slow motion and looking back on it, probably not enough to play. They don't call that play consistently. That's my that's my problem with it. And you can find holding, you can find interference, you can find all these things almost on every play. I just don't think they normally in live action call that play, and they did on that one. And uh, I would have liked to see what that was a nice play by Westbrook. I thought to kind of create some separation uh, and. and and then make the catch. It was kind of a one-handed catch. But nonetheless, that's just a little bit of a soapbox to get on. Speaking of other guys on offense, Leonard Fournette. Yep. Fournette's averaging four yards a carry. That's not terrible. It's not great. Last last week was tough. The prior week was better. Uh, it's not going to get easier. Tennessee's tough. They're, they're good on defense. They're pretty stout on that line, that front seven. Uh, next week is Denver. Pretty good. Carolina, pretty good. And now, and you know with the backup quarterback, people are going to feed Fournette. He has to do better, I think, hitting some holes. He's missing some spots. But the utilization out of him, uh, of him out of the backfield has been very good. Sure. Last night on Jaguars All-Access, we call it Jaguars All-Access Overtime, after the show, Jeff Lagerman and Leonard Fournette, I'm sorry, <laughs> and Maurice Jones-Drew, yeah. talking Leonard Fournette and Maurice Jones-Drew, kind of highlighting what he does well and what he'd like to see more of from Fournette, and it had to do with the passing game. Take a listen. What do you think of him, and what does he do well? And what does he need to do better? Well, first of all, when I studied Leonard Fournette coming out of LSU, he was a physical downhill runner. Um, I think that 
when you run power, a power scheme where it's A-gap to A-gap, that's where he's going to be at his best. He's not a zone runner, one-cut guy. So you, you, you want to try to help him be better at that, but that's not where he's going to flash. You want to make sure you're pulling guys down. You're making sure that you're creating holes that guys can run through this so he can power through them. That's, that's his game is running with power and then getting open space, running on corners and safeties. No one wants to tackle him. What he can improve on, and I think with a rookie quarterback, and I had to do it a lot with Blaine Gabbard, is route running. Find a way to get out there and run choice routes, catching the ball with your hands. Not always check downs. Find ways to get him in space because he has the speed to take it the distance. We've seen that before. I would throw screens to this man and just have Lyman go out and block for him and find a way to get some things going. I wish he had a little bit more movement like you did back in the day, the rolling ball of Butcher Knives, <laughs> Maurice Jones-Drew. Rolling ball of butcher knives. Uh, Maurice Jones Drew was so fun to watch, and it was fun hanging out with him yesterday here on ESPN 690 and on Fox 30 for Jaguars All Access. You can catch the show every Thursday. Last night was a little different, but every Thursday with Calais Campbell and Jags players at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Can they get him going? I mean, do you agree with them? You got to get him out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Game a little bit more. So absolutely, yeah, and especially nowadays, Brent, where he is your three down back, right? Like. They don't have the luxury of having that change of pace back. Look, a lot of teams do in the NFL now. I mean, they, they had the, the three down back in Leonard Fournette. He is the bell cow, and you need to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And what better way to do that than the passing game? And listen, it would be ideal to have like an Alvin Kamara where he's great in space, where he can make you know ten guys miss and take it to the house any time when he's on the field. It'd be great to have like a Darren Sproles in his prime that could do that as well. But you have Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette is capable of running those routes. The difference, though, between Leonard Fournette and the, those Darren Sproles types, those Alvin Kamara types, which actually benefits Leonard Fournette, is his size. You have to remember, Brent, like, he's bigger than a lot of running backs out there, okay? He, he, he has the stature that, that's – and I get it. He lost weight this year. He's training Wyoming, doing all that rocky stuff. Not a big deal. He's still a big dude. And he has the luxury of having the size. And even when you're talking about maybe like a five-yard out, maybe you're talking about like a, like a wheel route that takes place, you know, five yards out, whatever it is. When you have that size like that, Brent, that is so advantageous. It's just like a wide receiver, and that's so advantageous, especially when you have like a linebacker or a safety taking you. So absolutely you have to get him out in space and get him the ball in the passing game. He does look more elusive, but yes, his vision's got to be a little bit better sometimes. Feels like he still misses some holes. Uh, we'll see what Leonard Fournette, this Jags offense, can do tonight. A little reset on the Ramsey front and also the Jags front in totality. What more to expect tonight? Jaguars and Titans, we're alive at the stadium. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's must-win time for the Jaguars. Can they get it done? We'll find out in a few hours. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. You've faced a common opponent as much as we have here. Um, it makes these short weeks a little easier. Um, at the same time, though, uh, it's it's a tough defense uh, year in and year out. These guys, since I've been in the league, they've been they've been tough. So we know we have a challenge in front of us. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time just being good on third down, being efficient in the red zone. Those are important keys to this game. That's Marcus Mariota, Tennessee Titans quarterback, and he's had some nice moments against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, not like unbelievable, but the just perfectly timed moments, some big plays, whether it's with his legs or even yeah. with his arm, that have really helped the Tennessee Titans kind of keep a stranglehold over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martineau, along with Austin Lane, we are at the Party Shacks, the Publix Party Shacks, nice. here at the stadium, which is a great setup. We appreciate them. They give it water and some, some soda. and oh, You don't drink soda, but uh, I do. 
and we're up top. <laughs> we were a little shaded if it was hot and sunny, which it isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful temperatures. We were, we couldn't even be completely shaded from the rain because it was coming in sideways. But a beautiful backdrop. These things are open now and ready to go, and uh, it's really a cool deal. The ultimate fan experience is what they call it. And for all the games, not just Jags games, but like Florida, Georgia, and some of the college football games like the Gator Bowl, for they sure. have it. Uh, VIP tailgate, all-inclusive, food and beverage, 40 guests per suite. There's a bunch of suites lined up right here in between uh, the baseball grounds and the stadium. It opens three hours prior to kickoff on game days. And uh, to go along with it, there are corporate packages and even tickets for eighty nine ninety five plus tax and fees per person. So the suite rental is available, and it fits 40. So I don't think you have to just do it as one business or one uh, group of people. You can kind of do it more individually based if they have it. Unlimited food prepared by Publix, unlimited beer and wine by uh, Budweiser, premium no liquor, game-day-themed cocktails, air-conditioned VIP suites with top-deck veranda and sunshade. That's what we're on. Yeah. Comfortable indoor and outdoor lounge seating. It does look good in there. Indoor and outdoor live TV at your VIP suite. Luxury air-conditioned restrooms on site. Private mini-fridge in each suite. Free Wi-Fi charging station. And kids 13 and under get in free. So how about that? Jacksvillage.com is the place to go for that. And uh, we appreciate the hospitality them having us out here tonight well, is a good spot to be on a game day. Yeah, and as far from like a tailgating standpoint, it looks pretty legit in here. You know, like everyone's got their beers and everything, and they're having a good time, and I feel like I'm like the kid at Toys R Us whose mom's not going to buy him a toy. Like, I'm just <laughs> looking everywhere at people enjoying themselves, and I'm here to watch. I'm here to spectate, but obviously... Since I'm working, since I have a fight coming up, I can't take part in the shenanigans, and I can't get a toy at Toys R Us today. Well, uh, I want to go. By the way, you can probably do whatever you want. Just flex on them and, and say, I want it, and they'll bring it to you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to flex on myself, man. Like I said, I, I, I'm working, and number two, got a fight coming up, so I have to keep everything in moderation. I'm not, not going to flex on myself. All right, uh, well, Jalen Ramsey has a fight on his hands, too, of a different <laughs> kind. He's yeah. got the Titans tonight, but he also has whatever's going on with this Jaguars front office. I want to go through some quick hitters, okay? Hit me we We've had a, we've had really three day, four days of this now. Yeah. But three days since the trade request, it came out right after our Monday show, and then even today we've had we we really have tried to expand the conversation about Jalen Ramsey and not reiterate and rehash and talk about the same old thing. And uh, I think we've 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 done that okay. There's a lot of branches to this story, but I want to if you're just jumping in, I want to go quick headline bullet point on some of the big topics we talked about today. And it came out today, Stephen A. Smith said he was told this is more about Tom Coughlin than it is Doug Marone. It's been framed all week as Marone versus Ramsey. How much is this Coughlin versus Ramsey and overall the front office against Ramsey? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because we say Coughlin versus Ramsey, the front office versus Ramsey. But to me, it's culture versus culture because Ramsey isn't the only guy I feel like that is fed up. Now, Ramsey is the mouthpiece. He is the vocal one because, number one, he has the luxury of being the best player on the team. And when you're the best player on the team, you can get away with saying things. You can get away with doing things. There's a double standard. That's the way the NFL has always been. But at the same point, so he's got that luxury, but there's guys that follow him, right? Anybody's going to follow the best player on the team. Now, not, not everybody may not agree with him. But there are some guys at locker room that agree with him. So from that standpoint, if Jalen Ramsey is fed up with the with with you know, for instance Tom Coughlin, as Stephen A. Smith reported, well that means that he's not the only person at locker room that's fed up with Tom Coughlin. And it begs the question: if they were to trade Jalen Ramsey, what kind of effect would that have at the other players that agree with Jalen Ramsey in that locker room? Yeah, and I wonder. I do wonder how split it is. I, I yeah. think that you are people, and because of the timing of it, is why I wonder. It's not because of Jalen Ramsey. I think some people are, could be in that locker room 
Not, hey, I don't agree with you, Jalen. I think you got a point, but it's more like, why now? And that was one of the talking points today. Is it fair to criticize him for saying, why now? And I believe so. That's my biggest criticism of Jalen Ramsey in this whole thing. And I come from the standpoint of saying, I want them to keep him. I'd do whatever you can to keep him. I wouldn't trade him. I think he's a great player. And you got to try to make it work. But I don't like how you did this, Jalen. I think this was, I'm taking my ball and going home because we're 0-2, and I've gotten a spat on the sideline with the coach, and, and now I want out. And I don't know if that was fair to the teammates, even though it's all about brand and you got to take care of yourself, well, and I understand that. I don't really think it's very fair to your football team to do it at this juncture. You should have done it back in August if you wanted to do that. But in any job setting, Brent, if you're any kind of employee whatsoever, it doesn't matter where you're working or if you're a professional football player. If that stuff just keeps building up, if you get more and more frustrated, more and more frustrated, can't handle the boss, can't handle the culture, and eventually it just builds up, there is no such thing as a two weeks notice. You say, I'm fed up, I want out, and put up the deuces and, yeah. and it is what it is there is no such thing as a two week notice when it's got to the point where it's blown over I get it I don't have to like it and no, I don't have to agree with it though hey, and you know because what? there is a time and we'll place we'll still be friends Brent. I promise you <laughs> there is a time and place for it in yeah. my opinion yeah. I think it shows a great deal of selfishness in this ultimate team game uh, to do it at this time I don't like the timing of when this thing took place mm-hmm. I probably would have been okay with it had it happened in training camp alright how important of a decision is this for Shad Khan? And how much does he have to weigh the fact that, okay, I can't let a player run my organization, but this is a player that is a fantastic football player, my best player, the best player I've seen since I've owned the football team. And not only that, he brings attention to my football team, yeah. to the city of Jacksonville. He makes us money, and he might help us win a Super Bowl someday. This is a Big decision, I think, and I think a decision that Shad Khan should be involved in. I know he hands off to his football people a lot, but I think this is something that he needs to jump in on. Whew, what a tough call for Shad Khan, I think, sitting in, in where he is sitting. Or is it not as tough as I think? So if you're Shad Khan, you're thinking two things right now. Number one, well, first of all, you're not concerned about you know the branding off the field, right? Because if you win football games, if you go to the playoffs, if you hoist, hoist that Lombardi trophy, the money will come in. That's, that's with just me or Jalen, right? That's just yeah. That's yeah. just the way the business works. So, but if you if you're Shad Khan, ask yourself two questions. Number one, how important is Jalen Ramsey to this team, and how much influence does Jalen Ram, Ramsey have on this team? If you are to let Jalen Ramsey go, if you are to get some value back from draft picks or other players that you get traded for, whatever it is. How does that affect your football team and, most importantly, that locker room? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. After that, you have to ask yourself this question. The people that I put in charge of running the football operation, because it is my goal as, a, as an owner, and I said this the very first day that a guy by the name of Austin Lane was sitting in the front row, and I'm Shad Khan, and I saw Austin Lane, and I was like, we'll see. And <laughs> But um, if, you're, if you're Shad Khan, you ask yourself, how do I win a Super Bowl? Well, I hired the right people um, to, to run the show, basically, because if we're being honest here, I love the game of football, but when it comes to the X's and O's, when it comes to the on-the-field stuff, maybe I am not the most versed. So I hire those people. I have to ask myself, and I have to look myself in the mirror and have an honest talk with myself and ask myself, have I hired the right people to get me a Super Bowl? And if I look at how the team's acting right now, I can either say yay or nay, and then you go from there. But those are the two questions you have to ask yourself well, if you're the owner of the Jacksonville thanks, Jaguars. Thanks for the segue, then, and we'll finish oh, on this topic. Yeah. Is it the last hurrah for Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville as the vice president of football operations? You now look, and I think this deserves weight, folks. I think it certainly does. 
they went to an AFC Championship game in 2017. That was not long ago. I only have to flip the calendar over twice to get there back to 2017. But since then, they have made some erroneous decisions in terms of who they've given money to. They are 2-12 and 12 in their last 14, 3-13 in their last 16. And they're 0-2 here in 2019, a critical year. Are you getting to a Super Bowl? Where do you want to go with this front office in place? So, listen, I... I from our understanding that people are cool with Marone in the locker room, whatever. But if, if I'm Shad Khan, I'm still not cool because I look at it like this. If you're talking about a, a great football team, if you're talking about a legendary football team, a team that you're trying to be, what defines a successful football team isn't all the wins. It's how they handle adversity. And I get it. 2017 was a great year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. AFC Championship, Miles Jack wasn't down, one play away from going to the Super Bowl. Tales all this time. I've said it. I said that whole statement like 20 times. I feel like in the past month. Very cool. But at the same time, look what happened last year when they started losing a couple games. They started to snowball. It started to snowball. It started to snowball, and it was an absolute disaster, an absolute dumpster fire, and for the city of Jacksonville. Does that fall on your players or coaching? I understand. Yeah, the players got to play better. They got to be smarter. You can't throw punches in Buffalo. You can't stay on the sidelines and yada yada yada. Very cool. But at the same time. The adversity and, and the mindset and the culture, that comes directly from the front office. And if I'm Shad Khan looking at how do we respond to adversity last year and how are we responding right now, it is not off to a good start this year, and it was horrible last year. Well, will Mitchu Magic or Mitchu Mania exist tonight, and is this the final game in a Jags uniform for Jalen Ramsey? We end the show with those answers coming up next. Live from the stadium, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, okay? So I think if you have a mustache, you're one step ahead of the average dude. So I let the fans and the other people decide, but, you know, Gardner's been a step or two ahead of me. I think he adopted the mustache at a younger age than I did. (laughs) Shot Khan talking mustaches on NFL Network. He also commented on Jalen Ramsey, a 10-second response that basically said you got to respect the individual but it's always about the team. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Gardner <laughs> Mitchell, imagine this. He's a young quarterback making his second career start. Yeah. Thrown into the fire. This one on a short week. Has played really well. He's impressed. And we haven't talked about the quarterback of this football team for more than five minutes all week. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely, especially, especially with Minshew Mania going on, man. The guy's getting offers from adult websites and everything. Dude, we haven't even mentioned it. We haven't talked about that. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, that's it's amazing, but it also shows the, yeah. the, the, the brand of Jalen Ramsey, the star power of Jalen Ramsey, and how big of a story this is. One of the biggest stories we've ever had in Jacksonville. Really is, uh, at least since from my time. And, and it will rank up there with some others. Um, sometimes bizarre, but big stories. And we'll talk. We, I want to, from a finality standpoint on this show, I want to punctuate with, will this be the last game we ever see Jalen Ramsey in a Jaguars uniform? We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But how about a minute on Minshew? This yeah. kid has been really good. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And I've said this. We, we were both consistent with this. I think there could be a reality check at some point. Well, he, he it was a bit of a reality check for three quarters against Houston, although I still think his play against Houston, although it wasn't unbelievable in the first three quarters, wasn't his fault. It yeah. was the holding calls and everything that stalled drives, and they couldn't get push on the offensive line. I didn't think he played poorly. He lost so some fumbles. Now you got to hold on to the football. I get it. But I didn't think he played poorly, and then he obviously showed a little bit of 
moxie and savvy and, and magic in the final quarter to bring him back from 10 points down. But I do think the reality is he is a six-round pick. He is a backup quarterback. He is a rookie. So there will be a time that he probably will have a stinker of a game. And yeah. I think it's really challenging this week because it's a short week against the Tennessee Titans. How much is on this guy in a short week yeah. and, and now just starting his second football game? So it's so weird, Brent, because, yes, he is a rookie. And, you know, I was telling the story. When I saw him at the Senior Bowl, I wanted to interview him because I knew about his history a little bit. I knew his story. And I just wanted to get some cool sound bites. It seemed like I could do like I just kind of, you know, <laughs> shoot the uh, breeze with, basically. So I did that. But I was so surprised of when I left that that interview, that conversation, of how hungry this kid is. This is what this wasn't some just you know some flavor of the who was popular because he had a mustache in Washington State and he had Coach Leach behind him. Like this was a guy who was hungry, who had a chip on his shoulder, and who had something to prove. And I remember like I thought that to myself. Now what did that mean? Uh, I thought well maybe I'd see him in a, you know in a game in the NFL maybe four or five years down the line. Who knows? I wasn't expecting him to lead a franchise literally after week one. But here we are now. And in terms of Gardner Minshew, we call him a rookie. And yeah, we have to call him rookie because <laughs> his experience will dictate that. But I've said it before, but he the guy does not operate on the wavelength like a rookie. He. Let's take, for, for instance, Houston. All right, so the very first series of, the, uh, of that Houston game, safety comes free, guard misses the block, and Minshew gets absolutely depleted, right? And we saw that happen in Baltimore as well, and that was probably his worst game so far in a Jaguars uniform was the first ball, the first game of the preseason in Baltimore. He took a shot, and, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't going to help from his receivers, but didn't have his best game. Well, the same thing happened in Houston, on the road, in a loud environment during the regular season. And after that hit, I was like, oh, man, here we go again. Now it's back to Baltimore. Like, this is where he finally meets reality. It's like, hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL. But we saw a guy who wasn't afraid to get hit again, who stood in the pocket, who hit the open receiver, and who led his team to almost a game-winning drive towards the end of the, of the ball game against a pretty good Houston Texans defense. So those aren't rookie tendencies mm-hmm. and those aren't six round tendencies number one yeah, yeah. but number two those aren't rookie tendencies so like yeah i, I want to say eventually the rookie wall is going to catch up and he's going to have you know his his downfall and everything and he's going to have that three interception game that we're so accustomed to seeing from a blake bortles or a blaine gabbard but i'm just saying and i'm not in that locker room Brent. i'm not on the field i'm just going by what i see on tv and what i saw in practice is this this guy is just wired differently and he's not built like a rookie yeah one quick thought we got to go in a minute or two but uh you know to your point he has lost a couple of fumbles yeah. he got hit from behind and lost the big one and i still don't think that was his fault i think nine out of ten quarterbacks would have dropped fumbled that one but he hasn't put the ball in danger in terms of throwing it yeah. from an interception standpoint. He's very good at that. And if you go back even to his high school days and look at some of the numbers and what people said about him, he's very good at taking care of the football and putting it in the right spots. And he's been pretty accurate overall. Now, he missed some plays the other day, too. Let's not uh, I don't want to crown him here. No, no, But he's missed some plays not. for sure. Yeah. So I, do you trust him? Real quick thought. Do you trust him? to open up the offense a little bit tonight. So that would maybe breathe some life into Leonard Fournette and give him room. I have to because that's how you beat the Tennessee Titans. You spread the ball around a little bit, you pass the ball out, and make Tennessee go tit for tat with you, and I don't think Tennessee can do that. All right, here's our final thought, okay? We're getting out of here in less than 60 seconds. Jalen Ramsey plays tonight. Is it his final game in a Jaguars uniform tonight against the Tennessee Titans? I'm saying no. 
Really? I'm saying So no. you think he plays against Denver? I think he plays against Denver. You think he plays for your free weeks, or do you think they're going to figure something out? I think uh, I think if you're the Jaguars looking for a better offer, I think the better offer is coming in a couple weeks. I don't want to agree with you, man, but that's what I've been saying all week. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's gone tomorrow. No, I don't think sure. he's gone this weekend. I, he says he expects to be gone in 10 days. I don't know if well, he's going to get that wish. And here's the most important question. Who's, who's going to win tonight? Who do you got, Jags or Titans? I got the Jags. I tell you, uh, I like yeah. the Thursday home field advantage, yes. and I don't like anything else that's going on. So it's <laughs> blind faith. But yeah. I don't know. I'm taking the Jags I'm such well. a homer. Sunshine and rainbows. Well, Please I'm, get a W. I'm, I'm coming on board, man. Save a spot for me. <laughs> Thanks to the uh, public party shacks for having us. <laughs> Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk all about it tomorrow on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.